0: Welcome to the Category 3 podcast. I am your host this week, James Churgan. I am joined here by Meet Shaw. How are you doing, Meet?
1: Hey, James. Uh, I am doing well. Uh, looking forward to our conversation today.
0: Yeah. Give us your best uh, Arnold, Arnold uh, impersonation right now.
1: I am the governator. <laughs> <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Hasta la vista, D Quad. <laughs>
0: So bad. Yeah, we're already starting off on a really low note (laughs) for the category three podcast. Uh, Today, we are doing Terminator and Terminator 2. Two action classics, but they're really quite different from each other, from 1984 and 1991. So we're going to start off with The Terminator, the one in 1984, of course. Hugely important film. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you the very short synopsis. You can let me know what you think of it. Mm -hmm. All right. So a human soldier is sent from 2029 to 1984 to stop an almost indestructible cyborg killing machine. Sent from the same year, which has been programmed to execute a young woman, Whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation?
1: Wow, that's good twist. That's a good good plot. I like it. Um, I think that covers all the kind of specifics about the movie without giving giving away the ending per se. Yeah,
0: I agree. I like I totally it. agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 a pretty good one. Pretty good one. Um, um, all right. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit um, about sort of the perception of the film and how we first saw it. This film was extremely successful. It was actually not a super high budget film. It still had $6.4 million, which is not mm-hmm. insignificant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it grossed $78.3 million, so very, very successful. It's still pretty beloved today. It has an IMDb rating of 8 out of 10, which is quite mm-hmm. high. I don't think it's in the IMDb Top 250 anymore but the first time I did see it was when I was working through that list and I think it was still on the list at that point so that's I believe the first time I saw it in I think Mm -hmm. 2004 or so Mm -hmm. when did you first see this and how have you sort of liked it throughout the years?
1: I want to say I probably saw it around probably a little bit later than 2004 so I was probably in my late teens, maybe early 20s. So here's the crazy thing. I had seen Terminator 2 several times before I had seen the original Terminator. So it was, it was really weird. I thought when I started watching Terminator 1, or I thought that it was the judgment day, but turns out that it was not. Seeing Arnold like a robot, I was like, oh man, this is T2, but it's not. Granted, I, I watched T2 several times when I was much younger, so I didn't kind of combine the whole plot and everything. Uh, anyways, not going into T2 whole lot. I thought the Terminator movie was pretty intense. I thought it was scarier or like more thriller-esque compared to the Terminator 2 movie. And I watched it again and I think I would say the same thing. Like I didn't really see it as just an action movie so much so as I thought it was more of a thriller, action thriller. A little bit more terrifying when the main character is teenage girl running away from a Arnold-sized Terminator with a scrawny Kyle Reese trying to help you survive, right, like Michael Beaton. I don't feel very protected by Kyle Reese's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in Terminator 1, you have Cyborg against the actual human, so it's not exactly a fair fight. Even though he's not a tech guy. (laughs) That's how they explain away the fact that he can't explain everything. How does this future thing work? I'm not a tech guy. Don't ask me. (laughs) <laughs> they didn't send the tech guy back. Um, <laughs> so question, which of these films did you see first? It really dramatically sort of impacts your expectations for like the uh-huh. original or the sequel. Mm-hmm. So did you, going from Terminator 2, which is a very, very high budget action film, and I feel like it's just, in all aspects, it's just a lot more mm-hmm. polished, mm-hmm. really different film from T1, and going back to Terminator, did you find Terminator was good when you first saw it back in when you were 19 or 20, or, or was it a little more difficult to enjoy?
1: I think I was just a little bit more disconcerted by this. I Still thought it was a good movie i think i was not as mature of a viewer as i am today when i was watching movies just as a kid growing up you know so i didn't really make the comparisons between t2 and t1 that closely in terms of how polished one film is over the other and that kind of stuff i remember i enjoyed it but i thought that this movie was more on the scary side my general perception was like hey i think i enjoyed t2 more than i enjoy t1 What were your perceptions of the movie?
0: I have a very similar perception. I don't know actually which one I looked up first while you're talking. I actually looked up, because I've been logging my movies for a long time, just what I thought of this film back when I saw it. And apparently I saw them both together for the first time in March 29th, 2004. So I would have been like uh, 17 at the time. Um, Oh, man. The verdict was I did not like The Terminator, but I did like Terminator 2. So I I ended up liking The Terminator 2 a fair amount more just because I think it was just a little more exciting, more action-y. Terminator, I'm not totally into like 1980s sci-fi as much as like Mm -hmm. other film people. You won't find me uh, ranking Blade Runner at the top, top, top of my list. The Terminator Mm -hmm. just didn't necessarily resonate in the same way. So, okay, so let's fast forward to 2021. How do you like uh, the two films now? Because we watched them this past week. So what's your perception?
1: I watched it in order. So this time I watched the Terminator first before I watched T2. I still like T2 more than T1, probably not coming as a surprise, but my original perception of the Terminator, I think I I like it a lot more than I originally liked it. Like the original Terminator is really good and it's, it's pretty scary and the robotic Arnold you know, like, not a whole lot of talking, just a few lines throughout the movie, but still quite amazing. To then also compare it with the budget that they had, which is, like, $6.4 million, probably a decent amount back in 84, but still a pretty small budget compared right, to a right. lot of the movies that were coming out right. in, in that decade as action movies and, and yeah. doing so well. Yeah. It was pretty Cameron amazing. And we also
0: talking about James freaking Cameron, who is known for Titanic and, yeah. and uh, Aliens yeah. and Avatar. So it's like, this is not a man known... For working with small budgets this is a man with working with 100 million dollar budgets pretty much from terminator 2 onwards so right he's he's not exactly making an indie film set in brooklyn or anything like that um (laughs) of course not yeah yeah. and
1: like really good big chase sequences through the film right like and keeping the
0: pacing super tight and stuff so i really like the terminator uh from that perspective what were your thoughts so i actually thought i would be similar to that but i actually still strongly prefer terminator 2 over terminator (laughs) terminator It it just doesn't necessarily hit the spots that I necessarily Mm -hmm. love for films. I think it's a good film, um, and I think it's very effective. I mean, it's interesting to see how different it is from the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, In some ways, while it's the one that kicks off the franchise, it's probably the most different from the other films in the franchise. I mean, there being like six Terminator films now. Just because there's there's an actual human doing it and there's parts of the mood and the atmosphere that are a lot more horror, sci-fi-ish than the the later ones. I mean, I feel like Terminator 2 is is like mainly just a kick-ass action film. And there are still some horror elements and stuff like that, but it doesn't dial it all the way up on sort of those slasher horror elements as Terminator 1 does. I mm-hmm. found that, uh, for me, Terminator 2 is almost like a perfect action film. And Terminator mm-hmm. 1 is a good film that I enjoy, but for me, there's a pretty significant difference in how much I like them. If you ask me tomorrow if I would watch Terminator, I'd be like, yeah, I just saw it. Terminator 2, <laughs> I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. And we'll probably get to talking about
1: T2 and why it's better for sure. But the one thing is they humanized the movie a lot more in T2, which is another reason why you might like it more
0: it's more interesting character roles and stuff like that as well yeah terminator one has some other attributes that are certainly worth noting let's let's get into terminator one that came first we're going to talk about it first so while we're talking about the difference of this scale one to ten in Mm -hmm. terms of like zero to ten in a horror rating there's a Mm -hmm. lot of films with like somewhat horror elements so let's say like a five ends up being like officially a horror movie where Mm -hmm. do you put terminator on that scale
1: I think the horror kind of goes up in the movie as you get closer to the end. So it's mm-hmm. not a consistent horror, but that final chase through the factory is just so terrifying for me, especially as a, when I watched it the first time as a kid. That's probably where I would put it at like six or seven, so fairly high on the mark. Rewatching it today, i probably put it at five just because I've seen the movie. Okay. And how, about, how about yourself? What, what do you feel the, Where do you feel the horror is?
0: I was going to put it at a six. I think you could qualify it as a horror film. It's not the most horror-y of horror films, but uh, (laughs) it definitely has a lot more of those elements. I think one of the interesting things is I did listen to the Rewatchables podcast on both the Terminators, which are both Greek podcasts. On these films, and it's interesting to think of these films sort of in like the slasher genre as sort of like Mm -hmm. a big influence of that. And they talk about John Carpenter, who is the director of Halloween, um, Mm -hmm. which is in many ways the ultimate slasher, and his influence in sort of the score and just sort of like the idea of a person slash cyborg, in this case, Mm -hmm. going around just killing people. Uh, They call him, like, even the the cops sort of refer to it as phone book killer because he's, like, going after all the Sarah Connors (laughs) in the film. And I actually, I haven't seen a lot of the later Terminators, but this film does do that thing where it's part of the slasher genre as you're, like, killing off these other characters throughout the film. They're kind of, like, trashy, toss-away characters. And this film actually does it um, in a way that... Terminator two doesn't. Terminator two, our T one thousand, his mission is to kill John Connor, and that's what he is mm-hmm. trying to do. And everything else in the way is sort of collateral damage. And this one, uh, Arnold literally get grabs a phone book and, and is knocking off all the Sarah Connors. So it has a lot more of that slasher element um, to it. Anyways, uh so it's interesting to think about those influences. Um yeah. are, you're so, not, you're not so sh-
1: I would also okay. say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the Terminator in um, in the first movie is is just a lot more ruthless right like he like outright to get his coat and stuff he just literally murders a couple of teens then he goes out to like get by his gun and then just when he gets the gun he just kills the shopkeeper too like he he literally anybody that he interacts with he's just it is just killing killing those people like it just doesn't care like you I'm interacting with you you're in my way I'm killing you and I'm getting to Sarah Connor like, yeah. I think, like, T-1000 does it, but maybe not as frequently and not just, like, I mean, I feel like, yeah, T-101 and Terminator 1 just, just seems, like, a lot more ruthless. And you don't expect him to kill so much, and he
0: still does it, so. I 100% agree. That's a good point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, you just think about, like, the filmmakers, uh, what they're trying to do, and it's, like, the amount of people that just get, like, cruelly mowed down. Uh just yeah. like random people or even like yeah. Linda Hamilton's like best friend and boyfriend. It's like they just get like ruthlessly mowed down mm-hmm. like crazy. Uh um, yeah. yeah. Um like <laughs> I mean not to mention like Arnold just like open firing and techno and just like killing probably a ton of people <laughs> there too. Um and I think yeah. it might also sort of reflect the certain era where 90s is, like, maybe a little more tamed down. Where do you stand on that? Like, are you in favor of more uh, randos getting killed and collateral damage uh, for just not not necessarily the best reasons for the plot? Or are you uh, a little more... Uh, late, uh, I don't know. Would you rather I, be a little less?
1: I think I enjoyed the rawness in the film. Like, that, that kind of... that, And then, like, there's a little bit more nudity, but then, like, there's also, like you know more of a kind of a terrible romance but like it's this bad situation that these two people are in and then they they have this moment sort of and stuff like i don't know if yeah it was it was 80s and they they had nudity in the movies and stuff but somehow like the rawness of the film is something that i enjoyed a little bit more during the rewatch i don't know if like if i was a younger viewer i wouldn't have watched uh, enjoyed it and i don't think i enjoyed it the first time as much so,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. I think that is the one thing that I actually do prefer of the original film than the second one. Like, I, think... I could have just gone with more people just being randomly mowed down in Terminator Two. I mean, I think that's one of like the 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 my biggest well, not my biggest, but that's one of my complaints with a lot of like these Marvel not films enough body or count. It's like. Yeah, it's like they're freaking doing, like, these massive things, and somehow, like, the body count in Manhattan is, like, zero. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you don't see anyone being de- it's, killed. It's like
1: You just you just see kneecaps being killed. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean... Like, Lots of new I, I replacements
1: like, like, and stuff. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, there's one moment that I feel like typifies it so well where... You talked about it earlier, where Arnold is at the gun shop, and the gun shop guy's like, oh, yeah, you can't do that, and loading the gun shop. Oh, and yeah. And Arnold's just like, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> and then
1: he just shoots him he just kills the gun shop uh gun shop owner yeah
0: yeah and it's almost like he can't break the rules of this film wrong Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) he's just mowing down people so i'm uh i'm very much a fan of that i mean like Mm -hmm. this is like this really this film really does have kind of a cruel streak to it and just the way that they're mowing down civilians and stuff so i uh i I like that um all right um so uh yeah, I mean, I, I think the other thing with this film is like, do you find this film uh, funny at all?
1: <laughs> um, I thought there was more humor in the second one than this. Um, I think there is some kind of silliness, but I think like, yeah, that if they kind of try to address those, then they they wouldn't have a movie and stuff like, just like that that one, the one main plot going like. John Connor sending sending Kyle Reese uh, back so that he can he can get uh, Sarah Connor pregnant and so John Reese could be born, like the whole bootstrap paradox, right? Of like how John Connor comes to be and stuff. Uh, and that's just I don't know. Like I, I guess it's not funny, but it's definitely on the funny weird side of things. But <laughs> what 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 are your thoughts on it?
0: On on which part?
1: On on both like humor in the film, but also like sp- the specific, like oh yeah, you know Kyle Reese go back and have sex with my mom so I can I can be born.
0: <laughs> yeah, they right? got like got the more future humor John Connor. That. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think they take that
1: very seriously in the movie, so I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah I, I agree with you. I think there's less humor in this film. Um, there's less that hits home. I mean. I was struck by how much really holds up as far as the humor in Terminator 2. Um, Like, it's still, like, it feels like it hasn't aged hardly at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. I mean, this film, in comparison, it's, like, definitely a little less funny and a little more horror to it. Um, And, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, I guess I struggle to... One of the struggles with this film is kind of what you're saying, where it's, like, if you are familiar with the Terminator universe and you've seen Terminator 2 already... And then you come back to this film, and you might have certain expectations for it to be, like, Mm -hmm. enjoyable in X and X ways. But it's really not that similar uh, to, Mm -hmm. like, Terminator 2 or even Terminator 3 and stuff like that. So it does really take a lot of adjustment in terms of uh, uh, just appreciating it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, yeah.
1: You Um, can see a little bit more dark humor, I guess, when, like, they're interrogating Kyle Reese and, like... Calriss is like, I'm from the future, and, you know, there's this and all that. And then, like, the the Silverman guy is like, oh, yeah, so why didn't you bring any Reagans or something from the future? And then he's like, well, only, like, living beings can go through. And then, like, the whole explanation of, like, yeah, he's a Terminator, but he's encapsulated in a meat suit. That's why he was able to come through.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He should have just gone with the, I'm not a tech guy.
1: I'm not a tech guy. I think he eventually does go with that, but it's
0: <laughs> yeah. just like, it's like don't ask me so many questions. I'm not a tech guy.
1: <laughs> would if you were traveling back in time from the future, would in by cops? Would you say tell them that you're from the future?
0: Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. You didn't exactly choose a guy that's like great at explaining uh, why why he's back,
2: <laughs>
0: but no, yeah, yeah. Um, so what? What's your um, so maybe let's walk through a couple of the leads and see how we like them. I mean, uh, I mean, first off, Arnold. How yeah. is Arnold in this film?
1: Arnold was great, I thought. He was very robotic. Like, we, we talked about, like, this is more of a thriller or a horror film. And I think, like, they don't give him a lot of character. He's just this Cyber 9 Systems 101 model, T101 model. And he's out to kill. And he's super robotic. Like, even his movement, like, when he looks at somebody is so robotic. Um, throughout the film, and I love that. I love like uh, he's he's this thing. He's literally this machine out on mission, and he's gonna achieve it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then the classic line, "I'll be back," just like spoken so seriously and still so famous, right? Like this one of the few things he says in the entire movie, and like yeah, it was pretty great. I thought um, Arnold was like a great Terminator, and yeah, in both like T one and T two. Uh, from my perspective, yeah, 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 one hundred percent agree. Yeah, how old was he? Like thirty-five, thirty-six when he made this movie, when he was starred in this movie.
0: Let's see. So this film was is like, eighty-four. So he was born in forty-seven. So he would have been yeah. Uh, you're about right. Like thirty-six, thirty-seven when he made it. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, he looks even more ripped in this film than he does in T. T two, like he looks. Yeah, he's really slimmed like down.
1: In T two, physically. T2, right?
0: yeah yeah and now he's on his uh vegan diet and stuff so he probably i, don't know. I mean he's also an old man now so I mean. an old man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he looks incredible um he's really good in this film i feel like he's probably the reason why this film works as well as it does uh mm-hmm. what um i mean he's just an incredible physical specimen like he, yeah i mean it's interesting to think though it's like uh they talked about a little bit about this in the rewatchables uh podcast where they talked about terminator Is like it's like if you're in the future and you want to send back a cyborg that's going to fit in, wouldn't, like, the absolute last person you send back be someone that looks like Arnold? <laughs> I don't True. know. I mean, maybe you're just not the tech guy, so maybe you he's, can't answer that question. But
1: He's clearly not trying to fit, fit in. He's just going around shooting everybody. 84, I don't know, like, how much, like, technology cops had to track down somebody who was going around murdering people. Uh, <laughs> and also is basically... I don't know, not necessarily immortal, but, like, almost indestructible, right? Um, yeah, yeah, He literally mows down an entire police station full of, like, 20 or 30 cops. I think 30 cops is the number they use, right? Like, we got 30 cops in here. So, yeah, although he's not trying Terminator to be, t- like, uh, what do I say? Like, quiet, like, yeah, and he's not in a stealth mode, necessarily. But you were saying? I was like, in
0: Terminator 2, they say he killed 17 cops in this film. So.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that but, but that you, probably you, makes you, sense.
0: Like he probably didn't kill everybody. I think yeah, the other um, thirteen were like maimed or something.
1: Yeah. I think Hendrickson or one of the other I think cops tells tells the girl that like oh or tells Sarah Connor that like you can go to sleep here. There are thirty cops in this station. So that's that's how I remembered the number. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so what about um the other leads? Uh like Michael Bean as Kyle Reese. How do, how do you find uh how do you find how effective is that performance?
1: I thought Michael Bean was great, like, kind of given how much material he had to work with in terms of, like, you know, what to talk about the past and stuff, like, it's pretty great, like, and having to, like, yeah, having to get frustrated and explain the cops. It's also, like, he was, he looked really scrawny, so, like, that really made sense for me that he was from the future, uh, Mm -hmm. like, post-apocalyptic future where they're not getting enough food and barely surviving and that kind of stuff. Um his, uh, yeah, it was a good performance. Uh, as Kyle Reese, I thought that his obsession with Sarah Connor was really weird. Like, as he is growing up and is in his 20s, Sarah Connor would be, like, in her 60s, in according to the timeline, or, like, late 50s. And he's like, I love Sarah Connor. And I don't know if that's from, like, if that's from, like, he just has this picture of Sarah Connor, and then he just just heard the speeches she's given or he's actually met the older sarah connor and he's like infatuated with her but in either case like do you think that sarah connor like (laughs) of the future was like this is the guy i have been in love with this whole time and she actually like it would it's really weird but like does she approach (laughs) him and talk to him and like get together with him or
0: not or she's like to John Connor is like send this man back. This man is your daddy. Yeah, <laughs> send Kyle.
1: <his> yeah, <laughs> which is like equally fucked up. But like yeah. we know that she might have not done that because at the end, like she she's doing this recording. So like the the implication is that she does give that order when she's younger. But I yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, like yeah. as we see in T two, it's like she becomes pretty uh, uh, radicalized pretty fast after this film. I mean, she's a relatively normal person. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or at least supposed to be a relatively normal person in this film, Uh, but by Terminator Two, she's like a conspiracy theorist. Uh, Alex Jones would probably have her on her show. His show. Uh, She's uh, a. So I mean, like it's hard to think of her as like a very romantic lead uh, uh, from T Two onwards. Fair enough. So 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 I I really don't know. Like I I did watch like the,
1: I did not watch the theatrical release of T Two. I watched a different version of T Two. Um, I think it's like extended cut or special edition or something.
2: Uh-huh. And so
1: there's a, li- a little bit more like there's a cameo from Kyle Reese and stuff, but we'll, we'll come back to that. But like, so like there are still oh, some, okay. Like yeah, I watched the theatrical cut. So theatrical I'll be curious cut. to hear yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll be curious to hear uh, how you how, yeah. how how different that is.
1: Yeah. When, when I watched it, I was like, well, wait, I don't remember this, but, um, anyways, uh, we'll come back to that later. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts like? What do you think happened? Because as far as I understood, Sarah Con- Connor is definitely alive at least in the in the post-apocalyptic future, right? Like I don't think they mentioned that she's dead. Like the way John Bean, the Kyle Reese talks about her from from the future is like I'm in love with you and like or I'm in love with that Sarah Connor and like she's alive and stuff. That's what I, it made sense. That's what I thought.
0: I don't know. You're making my brain hurt, man.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Fair I, I
2: enough. Who's, who's,
1: so what, what do you think of Kyle Reese? Let's talk about that. John Bean as Kyle Reese.
0: You know, I think he's good. Uh, but honestly, yeah. I think the the money role in this film is like Arnold. And then I think Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean, they're okay. I, I feel like you the know. roles are not quite so interesting uh, in this yeah. film. They're just kind of like... The love story is, like, probably one of my main criticisms of this film. It just doesn't totally really? do it for yeah. me. It just feels fairly, like, very Hollywood, very generic and stuff like that. It's, like, yeah. maybe one of the less interesting parts. So I yeah. didn't put as much thought towards the um, towards the uh, dating of uh, Kyle Reese and uh, 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 Sarah Connor as maybe you yeah. did, but uh,
1: like a... It's really a terrible 24-hour date, right? Um, yeah, so, like... <clears throat> Yeah, it definitely felt forced. I guess I know. I know. I said that I kind of. Enjo- I I enjoyed the rawness of it, but like, if you're specifically talking about like the love story from like the story, per- like the movie perspective, like from the plot point, it feels super forced. Like, here's a, here's this guy who you thought like less than twenty four hours ago that was that was stalking you and was trying to kill you potentially, and then like, not even in a twenty four hour period, you're like, you know, like falling for him and are in love with him, like, so madly in love with him that, like, you're, like, you're the one and nobody else, kind of, which is weird, and, and, and you also end up becoming pregnant from him. Uh, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just find the... I mean, it's interesting, because I feel like in Terminator 2, uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton got a fantastic role, and, like, yeah. compared to this one, I feel like it's just, like, very, very generic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember being struck by that when I was 17 and watching these films too about like how, eh, whatever, um like it's kind of just like your very stereotypical uh role for a woman character in in this film is. Mm-hmm. And then in Terminator 2, it's just she's a fucking badass and she she's uh like amazing physically and she's like very much up to the task in that film. So, super mm-hmm. impressed with that one. Uh, yeah. I don't really necessarily falter uh, for her performance in this one, I just don't think it's like a very particularly interesting role uh, to have in, in Terminator One. So that's kind of where I fall. Um, Kyle mm-hmm. Reese, he's he's good. I mean, he's fine. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. have a super strong opinion on him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kyle Reese is pretty good at like um,
1: um, what do you call it the the hot wiring of the cars. I guess that's when you're in a post-apocalyptic future. That's how you get the cars to start up. So like he does it at least a couple of times in the movie, which was, I was like, man, he knows. And then, like, they show a car back in the, uh, or in the future times. So I was like, okay, well, there are cars, I guess. So he knows how to hotwire them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arnold in the second movie just fucking ripped out the panels and just (laughs) touches some shit together. (laughs)
1: Yeah. He also, I think both the the Terminator and, um, and Kyle Reese are so... Familiar with the world that they are in now, because the world that they're kind of they they grow up in is so different than the the current world in eighty four. But they're like like Kyle Reese is like oh, I have all this money. I'm gonna go get some get some supplies for us. And she and like he knows which like uh, grocery store or what kind of whatever kind of like uh, hardware store he has to go to to like build out plastic explosives. Like what like. You didn't have those in the future. Like, yeah, you just know about it somehow. Like, John Connor told you you need to go to these places to get plastic. John Connor was oh, the
0: like, there's this place called Walmart. You're going to go back? You're going to go to Walmart? You're going to buy some plastic tubing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: I think, oh, yeah, you asked me about humor. I thought, the, <laughs> I thought that the funniest part was, like, I think after they have sex and they're leaving – and he's built out these plastic explosives and the f- Sarah Connor like scares scares Kyle Reese by like acting like she's going to throw a bag of full of plastic explosives at him he's like gotcha or something and I'm like what the fuck like <laughs> you crazy girl like you're 18 years old but this is like this is not something you just throw around it's like fucking bombs
0: that you're kind of <laughs> This is your public service announcement from uh, Misha. <laughs> there we <you> go. <laughs> don't shake plastic <laughs>
1: explosives, please.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, anything else you wanted to bring up? I, I don't want to run us too long on, on these films, um, but any kind of other themes? We can talk a bit about a couple of the our favorite scenes here. Technoir and Police Station, I think, are probably the most notable. But uh, yep. anything you want to bring up before we uh, sort of dive into those? Um, it, since we talked about the leads, we can talk about casting
1: what ifs now, or we can like, I don't yeah, know if you plan start. to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So Arnold, like who, who do you, who would you think, like, who would you recast Arnold with around that time? Like, would, <laughs> would there be anybody that would do a better job of being a, the Terminator? Oh, Jesus. Uh,
0: I mean, I wouldn't recast it. I think Arnold yeah. has to be it, but who is number two? Uh, so-
1: so first, I think the main person that was thought of to be casted was uh, Lance Hendrickson, who or one of the people who was considered. Um, he's he ends up becoming the the skinny cop who like uh, pieces things together and whatnot and gives it to the other cop and stuff. So he's around the whole time, uh, skinny white cop, um, in the movie. Um, I don't know a lot of mo- uh, movies with Lance. He he would have made a like a. He would have been more of a Robert Patrick type uh, Mm -hmm. Terminator from the second movie. Um, Other people that were considered for, originally considered, were Tom Selleck, O.J. Simpson, and you're not going to guess the third one, Chevy Chase. Oh my God, really? (laughs) Yeah, wow. I don't know what, what was the reason why each of, the, uh, each of these casting c- considerations fell out. Uh, it looks like Chevy Chase, this is, this is weak-ass research. I haven't done a whole lot of research, but like Chevy Chase just turned down the role of the Terminator. Um, <laughs> oh, Thank God for that. Like, uh, oh my what, God. Who thought like, they wanted Chevy Chase? Uh, Selec was rumored, apparently, so he, I don't know if he was offered the role, uh, uh-huh. but turned it down due to him doing Magnum P.I. Thank God. Um, I don't know if he would have shaved his mustache anyways uh, for the movie. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson also passed over the role because he feared that, or the producers feared that it would not be taken seriously as a
0: killer. Wow. Well, that has aged interestingly. I mean, so it sounds like they were all over the place on who the cast is determined. There's some very normal conventional choices and some uh, weird ones, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't speak a whole lot about Mel Gibson. Maybe he probably might have been offered. Like, he would have been, like, the more more conventional. Like, yeah. if I'm thinking actors in the 80s, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, Mel Gibson, um, Harrison Ford. But I yeah. don't even know if, like, you, you'd have to pay Harrison Ford, like, bil- bazillion dollars to even run around a little bit. Like, he's not a guy who yeah. would run a whole lot. Uh, it's hard
0: for me to imagine... The Terminator is being played by smaller humans too. It's like mm-hmm. Arnold is so big, and I'm like, I could sort of imagine like a taller person, like OJ Simpson, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's like, uh, but it's like, like even Mel Gibson or, or uh, Tom Cruise, it's like, eh, I don't know. I mean, like, am I gonna believe like this guy that's my height, five foot, like six, is, is like the Terminator? Probably not. <laughs> really,
1: Mel Gibson, I, I don't know what the how tall Mel Gibson is, but. He always makes it feel like he's, like, six-foot guy in the movies. He definitely okay, has well, a... He's not nearly as well-built as Arnold, but I, I still don't think Mel Gibson is, like, ten. a
2: According scrawny ten guy. Ten.
1: Okay. Okay. So So shorter. But, like, you don't get that from, like... They do the film magic and make him look taller, or whatever. However they kind of place him in the shots yeah, and whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah yeah, 510 is definitely not not as tall. Sly would be the, like, if we're talking, like, good body types. Although I don't know how, how big Sly was then, right? Like, right. Uh, or if he got bigger later doing the Rambo I mean,
0: and the. Not Rambo. Supposedly, the, S- Stallone saw this film and got bulked up. This is, like, the inspiration because Arnold is so bulked up in this film. So, that makes sense. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know that he would have been as bulked up as, as he ended up being. I mean, those were probably the two. Biggest action stars during this era, Stallone right. and uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. So,
1: um. right. Bruce Willis kind of comes in in the in the late eighties, right? So, and that was his first. Die Hard was his first in the late eighties. So he was not very well known. So, yeah, wouldn't be an option then. Yeah, these are probably the th- people I thought of. Um, who else? I don't know if I would. Yeah, think of anyone else. Specifically, I'm pro- probably sure we're missing a couple of people. Who would you like? Who would you have casted Sarah Connor with? I'm even less familiar with the uh, the female leads that were fil- like popular in the '80s, so I don't know. I can give you the yeah, original I... considerations.
0: Sure, give me. Um,
1: so Glenn Close, she was in Fatal Attraction, where Michael Douglas has uh, an affair with her. Um, yeah,
0: she would have been good. I think, I think she, she would have been would've good, been better than Linda-, Linda Hamilton in this film. In this film, yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely has a had a rawness to her. Um, Gina Davis, who was in Beetlejuice, but I don't, I'm not very familiar with Gina Davis's movies.
0: She she uh, also probably would have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't have a super high opinion of Lynda Hamilton in this film. Although my main issues with it are probably the role more than like her acting. But yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think like there are a couple others. There's Melanie Griffith, Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> And uh, oh, Kathleen, Kathleen Turner was in I don't think Meryl <laughs> Streep was considered.
2: <laughs>
0: Damn,
1: <laughs> that would uh, surprise me. I think the the biggest thing is right, like, is that Linda Hamilton. Like, if you think about Linda Hamilton in this movie, and in just in the in the context of this movie, then it's very different than if you think of her in the Terminator franchise, right? Like, especially the second movie where she just goes from this, like, teenage girl to, like, this, like, you know, uh, lady, but who's also kind of crazy and, like, super well built up. And, like, Linda Hamilton just brings that commitment and, like, she trained and stuff for for the second movie. So, like, might have worked for any of these, might have worked for any of these uh, actors would have worked for Sarah Connor in the first film, but I don't know if, like, it would have carried the film, carried the second film the same way. I
0: agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um. Uh, I don't have any cowries yeah. casting. What is, by the way? Maybe the only one that might work is someone like Sigourney Weaver, who did something similar in Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And that this is the crazy part is Sigourney Weaver is just not considered from what I see in the list. Like she was not uh, a person that they considered for uh, Sarah Connor's role, which is super surprising to me. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because of like. Just some other plans that James Cameron had for her in, like, Alien or
0: something, or Aliens. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. I think he directed her, like, the next year, I think, in Aliens, if I remember right. Aliens comes okay. out like, 85, 86, so. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think it's good to have a couple different females in, in these roles rather than everything going to Sigourney Weaver. That being said, <laughs> probably Sigourney Weaver is good, is probably the one person that is capable of doing uh, Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 um, that I, I agree yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Any other... Yeah, shall we go into some of the scenes? Let's do it. Okay, well, uh, the first one I had, I mean, I feel like this film, definitely known for its action scenes, uh, the tech noir <laughs> ones. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, uh, like, we already talked about, like, just random people getting mowed down um i like i love the flashing lights the slow-mo one of the things that this film does that's a little different than the other one is just very steeped in like this sort of like steamy noiry sort of like mm-hmm. dark blues and red atmosphere mm-hmm. and the second film does it a little bit but there's a lot more daylight and stuff like that this one this film atmosphere feels like a lot more sort of oppressive and just hanging over the whole film of just like this this killer emerging with like sunglasses and like a gun um mm-hmm. and, like this techno scene so um I think it's a good action scene. Um, and I think it holds up quite well. Um, yeah. yeah, And then the music
1: goes along with it too. Like it's just really rough techno kind of edited together. And I think it, it gets gradually more coherent, uh, as you get towards the end of the film, but like the, the original chase scenes just have music that is so rough and like, and that, that adds to the horror element so much more. Um, I really like that. um, yeah. Um where does she go in the first like the the club or something? Is is that the place called Tech Noir too? Yes,
0: yes, that's Noir. Yeah, so Tech Noir, that's so tech noir tri- is that first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Like it's it adds a horror element and then like yeah, Linda Hamil- Hamilton thinks like, Oh, this guy in duster jacket's gonna trying to kill me and stuff, talks to the cops and then calls her friend and then bam, there's Arnold. Um I love Arnold, like, catching, like, just looking at the tape recorder and, like, realizing, like, oh, um, like, I did not kill Sarah Connor that that I was here to kill. Like, uh, she's somewhere else. And then, like, he, does he, like, just call the club and get the address or something, I think? And then just goes up to the.
0: Yeah. Machine learning, man. (laughs) I mean, I'm one sorry. of the other things that's kind of funny is just, like, yeah. uh, 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 the fact that phone books, I mean, phone books are, are, like, probably for someone born in, like, 2010 or something, phone books, like, a weird concept. The fact that you could just get someone's address. That's true, yeah. It's I, like, I, it's like we I, I wasn't, here, I wasn't like, here super could, long,
1: so, like, we didn't have phone books in India. Like, you, you would have to, uh-huh. the way the phone books have been avail- had been available in the U.S., we did, definitely didn't have phone books available the same way like you you want a phone book you go and pay for it so so you didn't buy phone books like Yellow Pages didn't exist like you just if you wanted somebody's phone number you kind of ask for them or like get through friends or something
0: yeah as we kind of do it now I mean like but we think about it now and we talk about like doxing and stuff where you can like mess with someone it's like wow doxing would have been real easy in like the the phone book era Uh, so (laughs) I mean all he has to do is like grab the phone book from like a public phone booth and you're off your way killing people Anyways, we're getting kind of on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts
1: on uh Technoir? I think I think that scene kind of leads out of Technoir and then like goes into a car chase and I think it's really well. Like Linda Hamilton does a great job there because she like obviously she's like they're being chased by a killer but she's she thought not only moments ago like she thought that this guy who she's in car with was trying to kill her. And like Now she's kind of kidnapped by that guy and she, she shows like really like she's terrified from it and stuff. And like, she has to come to terms with like, holy shit, like this guy's trying to save me who I thought was the killer. And like the person chasing us is actually trying to kill us. Um, Right. Right. It's just intense. And like, she's also trying to come to grips with like, oh, this guy's from the future. And like, there's also a robot who's come from the future trying to kill me. And like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, I love that whole sequence. And then, yeah, the way it ends in the in the parking lot. Right, right. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, sure, I had another question. I had a follow-up question to that, but I am yeah. uh, losing it off the top of my head. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can come back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
1: all good. Um, yeah. uh, and then, like, talk- I think Calderis also explains, right, like, oh, yeah, he's a robot, but then she's like, no, he's a person, like... He's like, no, no, no. Like, he's a, he's a robot on the inside, and then there's meat bag on, on top of it and stuff. And, like, yeah, he, like, we built meat skin. Like, the old people before had rubber skin, and we can tell them apart, like, T-600s or something. But, like, these new T-101s, they, they can infiltrate us. And, like, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: pretty <laughs> yeah intense. Do you know if the first time you watched this, you knew that... Because uh, they do kind of play with your suspense and the idea that, like... Michael Bean might be the villain, or Kyle Reese might be the villain, and, uh, uh and like, especially if you watch the f- second film first, you might think Arnold is, like, part of the good guys, the protagonist, but, so when mm-hmm. you were watching this film for the first time, do you remember if you thought Arnold was going to be the villain or the good guy? I thought he was going to be
1: the good guy, and so, um, what's also, f- like, I think they make it pretty obvious that he's the bad guy pretty quickly in, in, in this movie, I- and they, they like, take it much longer to tell us in the second movie who the bad guy is, I think. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I definitely thought he was going to be the good guy. But, like, literally, like, ten minutes into the movie is when I was like, oh, okay, like, this now makes sense because, like... As to why she was scared of Arnold in the second movie and stuff, like I was going to talk about it right, that, right. when we discussed yeah, this in the second movie. So like, okay. it's yeah, rather yeah. that the second movie starts making more sense once I watch this than than the other way around. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, okay. Uh,
0: uh, what did you think we... of
1: the Technoir chase sequence and any
0: anything interesting you thought? <clears throat> I think they're good. I think all. I think the, the especially the car action in this one is just like. Whatever it does here, Terminator 2 just, like, fucking Amps ramps it up. over it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Terminator 2 has, like, I think just three set pieces in total, but they're all long and they're all really, really good. Um, yeah. So it's, like, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's good, but, like, far more... Th- I know the thing that's going to be stuck in my head are, are the Terminator 2 uh, set pieces rather than...
1: Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Especially if you watch T2 after T1, it's kind of tough to remember. I think the the three things that I would call out in T1 are, like the tech noir chase sequence, and then like also chasing them all the way to the parking garage and out. Then the the sort of mowing down of the entire police station, and right. them trying to leave that area. And then sort of like the final chase sequence that begin, begins from like them being in the motel or something. And uh, that that's really the best one, in my opinion, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, where they have Arnold on a motorcycle and they just like explode make get explosions on top of him
0: he's got the shades now
2: uh, yeah
1: he's got the shades his like skin's falling apart he he's lost one eye and it's like a red laser or red led blinking or uh, turned on on his on his left side yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I think they're all good uh, here, too. I mean, the police station one's super notable, too, as you said, um, just with Mm -hmm. Arnold mowing down cops. And it's almost just shocking just the the body count that they do in this film, too. It's just, like, above what, like, you would expect from a slasher. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think those of all are all uh, pretty well done technically. Um, Anything you wanted to point out from any of those? Or should we move on to winners and losers and quotes and D2?
1: I think the, the one thing that this movie does better than T2 uh, and we, we kind of said the horror element of it and like the horror yeah. element kind of combined with like how this Terminator just won't die. And and like, you know, it's just like Kyle Reese is dead and like he's exploded the goddamn Terminator and then it is still fucking alive. It's like, you know, it's like. Body's ripped into a half, and it's like still trying to follow her, and then she kind of right. puts. Eventually, like just kills it through a hydraulic press, but like the the intensity and like the, that that slow chase through the whatever factory that they're in and and machinery is like really yeah. the 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 horror part of it, and I think it does really well. Like they they essentially do that in T two, but I think that's the part that probably shine, outshines for me in T1, so, or Terminator 1, than, than it does in
0: T2. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you're right, they do they do kind of repeat that, go into this, that sort of industrial setting and stuff. I, and I also think that's an element taken kind of from slashers, too. Are you familiar with slashers, slash, like, Halloween? I know you're not a big horror think, guy. Yeah,
1: I'm not a huge horror guy. I, I think I've seen a couple in, like, the whole, yeah, the idea of, like, the the person, the bad person, or whoever is chasing you not being dead and, like, coming alive over and over again, so... But I, right, I don't right. know good specific instances that I can kind of recall and share here.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a slasher trope. I mean, the most notable one, Michael Myers' Halloween, where mm-hmm. it's just, like, you think you killed him and then you just see him, like, rise up in the background. Uh, so it, it certainly feels like uh, those things inspired this film, which is something I would not have picked up on in 2004, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but now I can... Just very clearly see that's a pretty major influence on the film. Mm -hmm. All right, so one, uh,
1: I think I have uh, one last thing, one more thing about this movie, and that that is that the way they close this movie is just terrible. (laughs) Like, she's just this like, oh, I was in love with your father, Kyle Reese, and I'll tell you about him, and like like John Connor's not even born yet, and like, she's driving through Mexico, and like they do this sort of happy ending and stuff, like show where the picture was taken and whatnot, like. They kind of do a positive spin on this girl who's just been traumatized straight for twenty four plus hours, I think do, do her parents also get killed? I think they do, right? Like she calls yeah, back yeah. and like so like that also happens, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna live my life and stuff." Like where they pick up T two is like it it really makes sense to me rather. It makes like, more sense.
0: They they yeah. went back to the drawing board and they reevaluated her mental state. We're like. Yeah, actually, she's probably be pretty <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that's all I got, yeah. Okay, uh, winners and losers. Uh, you got any to put on the board? Kyle
1: Reese is a loser,
0: I think. Like, he loses pretty big.
1: 22-year-old guy, hasn't lived his life, lives a shitty life, gets sent to the past, and, like, all he can think of to do is, like, you know, try to save this girl. Why didn't he just take her on, like, a vacation to Bahamas or something? Or, like, you know, let's let's fly over to another continent right then and there. They didn't even have that much security. And, like, in the process of just trying to chase them, our, like, you know, the Terminator would have gotten caught and, like, killed by other people or something.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Felt so bad probably. for the guy.
1: Like, all, <laughs> all he aimed for was, like, obviously he can't go back and now he can't even peacefully live in the past... he you know it's a nice past like people are living enjoying they're going around like living their lives like he can't get assimilated into that situation either just rights to die
0: it's also interesting watching these films where now we're like older than the characters it's like when i first saw this film i was younger than uh, than uh kyle reese and and linda hamilton in the film (laughs) and now it's like i'm much older than them uh so it's kind of like yeah you're right that is kind of a bummer to to get moved down at 22. Uh,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Linda Hamilton I mean, is like 28 and she's supposed to be portraying an 18
0: year old or something correct, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just make her a few years older
2: <laughs> it yeah. feels like
0: it probably would have made a little more sense but maybe yeah. that's also just like the 80s maybe people just that happened more yeah. often back in that era uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay uh, yeah I mean I guess the obvious winner is Arnold uh, I mean like he uh he really kills this film um in a great oh, way yeah. and so- somehow he's just as good in Terminator Two too, but I feel like this film yeah. probably pretty important part in just sort of like kickstarting his career and putting him into like uh, to become one of like the biggest action hero stars for like the next decade um, so uh and he's this is like his ultimate role I like I can't think yeah. of a, a Arnold role that I like anymore. It's like we just talked about the Jackie Chan film recently. It's like Jackie Chan has so many freaking roles. Uh, mm-hmm. That that he doesn't necessarily have that one, but with Arnold, I mean, it's fucking this film. Like, this
1: is it, yeah. Yeah, this um, is like
0: the ultimate Arnold role.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is he is in a pretty negative role, but he kind of his character or like the the Cyberdyne Systems One Hundred and One robot kind of outshines everything else in the film. I think one thing we didn't talk about is the "I'll be back" quote. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was a great. I'll be back. And I totally, when I watched the movie the first time, I did not expect that he would be back with a fucking car and crash into the <laughs> station and kill the, kill the poor guy who was st- sitting at the desk. Also, what was impressive to me was the, the, the officer who was at the desk doing his work. God damn, he was, like, doing his work in cursive. Like, they specifically make a point to, like, show, like that the, the officer is doing some writing and filling up forms and stuff. And I'm like, what, what police officer in this goddamn world has such good handwriting? Handwriting, <laughs> It was impressive.
0: There you go. Yeah. Uh, another winner, cursive in the 1980s. The police officer is cursive. Yeah. Loser, the police officer, because he got ran over about five <laughs> seconds later by Arnold in a, in a massive truck. There we go.
1: I'd say yeah. the line, I'll be back. That is such a great line and and yeah yeah i guess it goes hand in hand with arnold being the winner it's like yeah yeah i agree cool. yeah
0: what what would be your winners and losers i'd give a winner to arnold and probably james cameron too just cuz this is like kind of the kickstarter to james cameron's career too like, oh yeah it's kind of like you know it's like when you're a director it's like you start out with lower budgets and like for a film director like james cameron who's really known for these higher budgets this is the film that gave him that access to these big ass budgets that budgets. he eventually worked with and was able to just paint on a much larger canvas um so mm-hmm. uh shout outs to james cameron even though this movie isn't necessarily my favorite of his films um i think you can sort of see why someone's willing to hand him the car keys uh to uh to a, a valuable um franchise
1: yeah yeah and kudos to him for convincing Arnold to do a negative role, right? Like, Arnold definitely wanted to be the lead in in the future movies, but, like, being like, no, no, like, this will make you famous, and, like, his qualms about, like, not wanting to do this movie because how he would be portrayed and stuff, um, like, I like that. Yeah. It, Ar- Arnold had only done, like, like, main roles that he'd done before this were Conan the Destroyer and Conan the Barbarian in... Right like 80s early 80s so definitely definitely an aw- awesome casting too by cameron cameron
0: right right How i mean conan too to? it's like such a i mean it's a good role for arnold but it's like such a role that suits his like body and stuff and so like having uh not that this doesn't but like mm-hmm. showing a little bit more of a range that he isn't just going to be conan the entire time he can play other characters i think that was probably very very important in his career mm-hmm and the only direct mo-
1: other movie that he properly directed, the full mo- movie that he directed, was Piranha Two, uh, James Cameron. I mean,
0: before right. this,
1: so right, so which I think he
0: got, awesome. which I think was a bad experience. I think he got kicked off of that movie actually. So, uh, oh man, the, this in many ways is like his first like real sort of breakout role um, as yeah. like a director. Nice. All right. Shall we okay. move to T Two? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Terminator this is what two. we've been waiting for, anyways. Judgment Day. Uh, Judgment this is what day. I've been waiting for. That's for sure. Um, so, I'm gonna read you a very short synopsis again. A cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor must now protect her teenage son John Connor from a more advanced and powerful cyborg.
1: Good. That sounds good. Like especially if you've seen, if you've seen T One Terminator One, then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm in.
0: I'll watch this yeah, movie uh yeah um so perception at the time um so uh imdb rating 8.5 ranked number 37 out of 250 films um which is also how i was introduced to it i was just working my way through that list back in 2004 it looks like um when i first saw it so when did you first see this film and uh uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about how we liked it. When did you see this first film? Did you did you see this um, the same around the same time you were watching Terminator for the first time, or was it before that?
1: Nah, I was much younger, and I think I didn't like. This is a R-rated movie, so I didn't. I don't think I watched it in its, in its like completeness. Like they probably cut out the scenes with profanity and stuff. Like they didn't even use to bleep stuff back in India. So I was probably like fourteen or fifteen, and I think it was just running on channels, um, and they ran it. Probably, like, they, they essentially cut the parts to make it PG or PG-13 or whatever. Um, and that's how I, I watched it. But it was still a great, fun movie to get into it. I think it ran on, on on several TV channels in the U.S., too. So that's how I watched it over and over again. Especially, like, if you're flipping the channel, there's a good chance you'll run into the, the L.A. River chase scene. Uh, or you used to, at least, back in the day. Probably 10 years or 15 years before now so that's how i got introduced to this movie and watched it a few times the sequence where the mom is terrified of arnold uh so sarah connor's terrified of the arnold arnold just never did make sense to me until i watched the first movie so (laughs) i didn't even think that the terminator 2 the judgment day was was a sequel (laughs) It, it came to me a lot later it's terrible to share this interesting
0: yeah, yeah i mean that makes sense actually how you would if you hadn't seen the original uh you would think that it does make yeah. sense um yeah it's so funny saw- that
1: like we see that we see that happen again in like the second movie because in the first movie she thinks kyle reese is trying to kill her but it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. and it's really the, like not that she trusts arnold at all in that movie she doesn't know who he is but like she like the the she pegs the wrong person again right uh, right to be the killer
0: I mean, it is quite interesting because, I mean, these days, I think there's a lot of people that watch T2 first uh, just for the reasons you outlined or for whatever reason. And so it's like, sort of like the twist and what you expect in the film could get very twisted on who you think is the protagonist and antagonist Mm -hmm. uh, in the film, for sure. So it sounds Mm -hmm. like you've seen at least parts of this film many, many times, uh, especially when compared with the original. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, And I I always love this movie. Yeah. The moment, like,
1: the moment you start watching this movie either from the top or even through the middle you don't get up until you've completed the end you, you've ended the movie although yeah. you watched it all the way through the end like there is no yeah. more, no walking away from it
0: yeah i i think that i really it's think a blessing and a curse one of the best i mean it's a sh- long movie too it's like it's two hours and 20 minutes and i think the version you watched is probably even longer because you watched the extended yeah. edition yeah. i mean it's, but it, it is really like just balls to the wall i mean we think about sort of like the like the past decades equivalent. I probably put it at something like Mad Max, which is just like you just glued to the, t- the to the TV the whole time. It's just like nonstop mm-hmm. intensity. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I was it's it's been a long time since i would seen this film. Um, yeah. Uh, Seventeen years, and so revisiting it, it was a real pleasure uh, to see that holds up super super well. It looks great. Um, so you
1: haven't but, watched this movie. You hadn't watched this movie for this whole time since you first watched it, and this is yep. like. This is the second time you're
0: watching Terminator yeah, 2, The Judgment a, Day. As a 17-year-old and as a 34-year-old. So, there you go. <laughs> That's impressive. Like, well, oh, watch it when I'm 51 again.
1: All right. It's every 17 years, huh? Yeah, I thought we'll we would categories. watch it during again in 2029. Like, you know. Although, like, the apocalypse is supposed to happen in, in 2005, according to the third movie, supposedly.
0: Oh, shit. Well, um, yeah, they don't
1: really they don't really give us the date of apocalypse in the in these movies. And the first uh-huh. and the second is as, as far as I know. Um, uh-huh. And so it's supposed to have happened sometime before 2029. Right. Like and they're surviving. So, OK,
0: gotcha. Yeah. Um, OK, so similar question to kick us off for here uh, that I asked for the first one scale of one to 10 uh, on like sort of our horror scale where five becomes an actual horror film. Where do you put this one? I think like two or three I
1: wouldn't I I don't know like this I watched it at at a much younger age and I just was never terrified of like I wasn't terrified of this movie as I was exhilarated and thrilled by it like in a in a positive way and I think I think like I'll, I'll, I'll say the same thing again having Arnold by your side just makes it a less scary movie um uh, Robert Patrick does an amazing job, though, of being this ruthless T-1000 Terminator and just, like, showing that ruthlessness as he, like, I think he, he he's probably the one who, like, I would say perfected the the Tom Cruise run before Tom Cruise, the running in the movies <laughs> before Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah It is yeah. so impressive, and the way he looks, you're like, oh, my God, I definitely don't want to get chased by this guy, but thank God I have Arnold next to me
0: yeah like, yeah i mean yeah. his run is also very menacing he somehow manages he just, to pull that off i mean tom cruise rarely has to play menacing but uh but that's a way that he just looks much <laughs> scarier like the way he like lengthens his stride and stuff mm-hmm. yeah it's, and, uh, and just the way that like bullets just like bounce off of him i think is really good oh
2: yeah yeah.
0: it's pretty cool um yeah, yeah. Well, what would you how would you rate it on the horror scale Two or three, two. I, I think that's right. I don't think this film is really a horror film at all. I mean, I guess there's some elements in the sense that it is kind of a thriller and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it really isn't very scary, I don't think. I mean, I feel like this film is, like, just is very much a action film um, start to finish. hmm mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, another thing I think that's interesting about this film, it's the sequel, um, but... Uh, And oftentimes in these sequels, what you want to do is you sort of want to take what the original did and and up it. And I feel Mm -hmm. like this film does a great job of it. It has a $100 million budget. Um, It looks incredible. I think it looks really impressive. And I think a lot of just even just the very mundane shots where they're just sort of like panning around like the psychiatric ward or the police station and stuff like that. I think they're really well done. I think they hold up really well. Um and this film also even though it is a sequel sort of sets the uh formula for the future Termin- terminators um in a way that Terminator 1 I mean there's some of the elements there but I feel like this film is far more similar to the sequels um than uh, Terminator 1 is to the sequels.
1: I would agree. Yeah. I think in my mind when I when I think of the movie I think they they took the first movie and they Michael bay fied it to a to a level. Uh as far as the action goes it's like this is what, like, it, there were just explosions all over the place, big trucks, helicopter chase. All of that just makes me, like, that's when I'm like, this feels like Michael Bay. This does not feel like a like a thriller movie. And I, I'm, I'm saying Michael Bay for the newer audiences, but, yeah, James Cameron, the original James Cameron, right? And, like, three years before this movie came out was when Die Hard came out. And so you see, like, a lot of element of that action happening, especially in the in that whole uh, cyber defense uh, sequence where there's helicopters going around that's uh, building and stuff. So like it brings in elements from a lot of different things or and also probably is an inspiration for a lot of different things to happen, in, a lot of different movies to happen in the future. Like you said, obviously the Terminator movies. I, I would not be surprised if like Michael Bay has seen this movie and gone like, okay, this is what we need like these are the explosions you need like every mm-hmm. time i saw the explosions happening even right at the beginning just the the fire going through the title sequence i'm like man this reminds me of like the rock or the island right, right. or some of the, those movies that michael bay has done and explosions in them
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like they, uh, they took the diehard stuff and then they melded it with some computer graphics that hold up shockingly well, uh, considering oh, yeah. it's, it's like 30 years later, um, and uh, combine oh, yeah. it to something really, really special. I mean, I think yeah. you're right. I think if Michael Bay had like a school of film, it's like there would probably be like a Terminator 2 class where it's like, yes. all right, we don't yeah. want to toot my own horn too much. We can't teach, uh, can't teach Transformers for every class. so we I'm sure Michael Bay would totally to my... toot his
1: own horn. I don't think probably. he would be like I learned this from Terminator Two. He would probably be okay. like, learn from my movies. But yeah, he's like, like, Terminator like, Two
0: came out in two thousand five. What are you talking about? Fake news.
1: If, if you had to listen to like Michael Bay's inner thoughts, like you would, you would hear him begrudgingly admit that, like, oh yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess I did steal stuff or learn stuff from Terminator Two.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hard. yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things about this film is like Cameron. This like. Just, like, the different sizes of vehicles and stuff. It's just, like, striking. It's, like, (laughs) um, uh, John Connor's got, like, the scooter. And then Mm -hmm. he's, like, being traced by, like, these massive fucking trucks. Like, there's so many trucks in this. Uh, And then there's helicopters. There's, like, normal cars. There's, like, cop cars. There's just, like, so many different things of different sizes. Like, different sorts of guns and stuff like that. I mean, we see that stuff all the time now uh, to some extent. But, like, this film does it really, really well. Yeah.
1: So the original budget of this film... I'm sure you know this, was $12 million. That's wow. what the studio granted them. <laughs> did you... Uh, okay, so was this a surprise for you, or did you know this? And what I did you think? I did not know
0: that, no. And then uh, the
1: final budget of the film ended up being an estimated $102 million.
0: So is that all James Cameron going way over, or... or I mean, they... <laughs> for, like, like fourth or fifth
1: time, they... Yeah, he goes over several times. I think... Um. What is it like? They go. I don't know what steps they go in, but it's at one point the budget has ballooned up to seventy-five million, and then, or is going from seventy-five million and ballooning up to eighty-eight million. And studio sees it and like, goes like, "Oh, this is probably gonna go even higher. We know this," and so they, <laughs> they they talk talk to Arnold and they, they, they try to convince him to convince James Cameron to remove the, the bar scene. Which is such an awesome scene where he where Arnold goes in to like get get his clothes yet again, right? And uh, I think there's a bit of humor in there and stuff. And so Arnold is not convinced by the studio people and he tells the studio guy, uh, whoever's trying to convince him, only a studio guy would cut a cut out a scene like that and declines to talk to James Cameron. Yeah, and... you gotta
0: say it in the Arnold old voice.
1: <laughs> Let me try <laughs> Only the studio. No, I'm not going
0: gonna- <laughs> <I'm- laughs>
1: Only the studio guy would cut a scene out, scene out like that. know. if I ever meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm just gonna like not be able to see eye to eye with him. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> That's fair. This it is this is worse happen. than Jay Leno. This is worse than Jay Leno. So. <laughs> Um but like it works out like it's such a great scene like right from the start where he goes into the bar and walks up to the guy and he says I'll need your I'll need your clothes your shoes and your motorcycle and everybody in the in the bar just laughs and 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 you realize like this movie is going to be different than the first one this movie is yeah. going to bring in a lot more humanity it's going to bring in a lot more dialogue it's it's going to be a lot more fun like there's going to be like you're going to bond like the characters are going to grow um. So it's going to be different.
0: Yeah, I hundred yeah. percent I agree. Yeah, I mean that. I yeah. I mean now that you're describing that scene, you're right. Only a studio guy would cut that scene. I mean that, that's a great scene. I mean just where he goes to town on the bar. He like tosses the guy on like the grill burners and like it's like ah, it's, it's great. That's yeah. right.
1: It's he does not kill people this time outright. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what. What else? Yeah, budget was 102 million. They end up making what like f- 500, 500 something, million. something million worldwide. Yeah. And that's with inflation adjusted. That comes out to like over a billion today. So, yeah. pretty impressive.
0: Pretty, pretty qu- quite good, yeah.
1: Definitely um, a big like big risk for studio for sure, understandably, but like you got to put your money on James Cameron if anyone. Like he probably has so many movies that have made over a billion now. You know,
0: inflation adjusted or not. So, like, yeah, I mean, the, the that's guy the is to put money on. right. He he has a strong track record of just epic, uh, huge budget, but even huger mm-hmm. success uh, film. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely agree. Um, so, right.
1: uh, go, I mentioned I mentioned that uh, Die Hard came out. Like Die Hard is an absolute favorite action movie of mine, and so that came out three years before this in '88, and but Die Hard only had a budget of twenty eight million. And I guess that's a little bit more understandable because everything was stationary and, like, they just had a few different sets to work with. But even then, like, Die Hard also does an amazing job of, like, just being in the same location and still showing this awesome, awesome action. So, understandable why, why Cameron went over budget. Also, just kind of interesting, like, just sharing the difference in magnitudes of the budget. Obviously, the first Terminator was... What, seven years before, and that was essentially like seven a 15th million. or 16th of the budget, right. if you think about yeah. it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I think in the first one, we spent too long uh, not talking about the set pieces. And I, I think in this film, in particular, even more than the first, uh, mm-hmm. the set pieces are probably just like the core of the film. Like, these are not short set pieces either, they just go for a long time. Uh oh, you yeah. talked about probably one of the smaller uh action yeah. scenes, the bar, bar which scene. is which is fun. Great way to kick off the film. Uh mm-hmm. the other ones we got, um and you let me know which one you want to talk about of these three. We have mm-hmm. the uh mall scene, uh where uh Robert Patrick is coming after John Connor, um, escaping the psychiatric kind of word mm-hmm. and uh and I mean, I kind of lumped this last one all together, but the conclusion of the film where they start by uh, breaking into Skynet and uh, uh, eventually breaking out of there and being chased by Robert Patrick before uh, Robert Patrick is melted. Yeah, Um, into the steel factory. Yeah, yeah, one of those. I think I think we should go through all three of
1: them. They're they're amazing. I don't know. Like, we'll we'll make this podcast a little bit longer, but. (laughs) got to give them love this is the this is the action movie of action movies but
2: yeah yeah um, okay. i think i Let's think like harder,
1: no matter how many times i think of the movie the la river chase sequence is the one that comes to my mind that that whole la river la like whatever river canal that they have it is amazing like and it's mind blowing to me like especially a kid watching this movie in india and going like wow they have these kind of like sections going through the city this is just insane like and and yeah the the action is so amped up they like arnold is chasing them um and and yeah robert patrick is also chasing uh, um, john connor we should talk about john connor too edward furlong such a great actor in this movie is amazing um and the way he like i love that this guy is just like a 13-year-old, but he is so relatable. Like, the, the, the emotional level and depth that he brings to being uh, John Connor is so amazing. Uh, and then in this chase sequence, like, you see him terrified. Like, he's, he's running on his motorcycle or in his scooter and, like, riding around and, like, going through and just en- ending up in this river canal that he's been riding through uh, in the past. But now he's being chased by a big-ass truck uh and the way the truck enters the canal too holy shit it just like falls like just goes over this bridge and into the canal like that's how we're gonna bring in the truck to chase john connor is just so crazy like that's that's the terrifying moment just when you think that you've lost t1000 you haven't yeah
0: Yeah. no it's awesome um yeah to your point uh I agree with you about uh John Connor and Edward Furlong. I mean, like this is not an easy role, and so often kids' mm-hmm. roles end up being like sort of like very small victim roles or maybe they're like an emotional part of it mm-hmm. and he has that part to it too, but he's also doing a lot of stuff in this film, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. also has to convince you that this is like the future leader of like the revolution against the machine, so it's like uh mm-hmm. it's like and I think he pulls it off I mean I think he's great um but Back to your point, yeah, I mean, uh, the malls uh, up into those things. I mean, the L.A. Canal, 100% agree, just, like, those different vehicles. I think that's probably the scene that I remember the most from this film, which mm-hmm. is crazy because there's a lot of great set pieces. Or there's a lot of really memorable action in this film of just, like, that little scooter being chased by that, like, massive truck and then into the canal, and then the mm-hmm. fucking top of the truck gets, like, chopped off uh, mm-hmm. when when they're going under. I mean, it's just, like, a great example of just, like, a lot of... Um, I mean, I... I think they're actually doing that i don't think that's cg so it's like a lot of just really good analog um stunts done by uh by people and then you got arnold in his like classic motorcycle following along um mm-hmm. loading the gun and stuff which he's really really good at doing he does it a ton in this film just like loading the gun with one hand yeah. Yeah. uh and just like firing i mean like that that is not easy and and my i mean arnold i mean like that's probably one of the most impressive things that he does uh, throughout this film is is that stuff uh, but not to mention uh the beginning part of this scene starts with like john connor in the mall um oh yeah and uh he actually uh because he's a kind of a delinquent kid he's running away from the police officer too i want to talk about the police officers later i think there's kind of a funny little sub theme in some of uh in both of these films about cops uh, that might fit into this moment kind of well, um, but uh-huh. uh, but it also sort of establishes who's the good guy who's the bad guy. We also get to see um, sort of like the new t one thousand model um, when they go and Arnold starts shooting at Robert Patrick, and the yeah. bullets just sort of like go off and're like, oh okay, yeah. all right this is a this is a new thing. They start fighting, they go through the walls and stuff that all looks good it's like this action scene has a little bit of everything you 're on foot you're're you're, you're learning about sort of like the um I don't know, the myth-building of, of this film, uh, of, like, what you can and can't do, so you're learning the yep. physics of it. Uh, and uh, it's all entertaining as hell um, and culminates into that sort of truck uh, sequence uh, where they're going after So So, um, yeah, yeah uh, it's it's a, it's a great set piece.
1: Yeah, the graphics are really well done. Like, when Robert Patrick gets shot and, like, he just... They the bullet holes that happen and stuff, um, like, you instantly, like kind of get the idea of like what kind of thing he is and like before they even really explain it to you like what what is he what what is this um i had a little bit of nitpick that when uh, the terminators arrive into the current time um they they end up looking like humans and so for arnold it makes sense but Uh, My nitpick was like, oh, why is this Terminator looking like Robert Patrick already? He hasn't even met a Robert Patrick looking guy. But I guess they wanted to not like build it up and show it later like what he is, right? Like he even kills a cop, but then he doesn't take the cops, um, uh, assume the cops uh, identity. He literally is Robert Patrick again. And so they make you think like, oh, he killed this cop and now he stole his cop. Uh, clothes, and then he's now going around trying to get a hold of John Connor. But that's not so you, that's not the case.
0: He's just. Do you think it would have made more sense if like Robert Patrick was like the cop that he first runs into.
1: So he literally comes in as Robert Patrick. Which, like, if you're like a like a metallic being, why would you be any shape at all? Unless like somehow you like were made to be Robert Patrick. Like, gotcha. it's explained later on that he kind of becomes whoever he comes in contact with. So, like, I don't, I don't, I, like, I, I would not expect somebody like Robert Patrick was something that existed in the future, like, all really nicely hair made up and stuff in the in the future where they're in post-apocalyptic situation. So he would have had to, like, take Robert Patrick's identity somehow from a cop or something. So he could have done that, but they didn't. Um, or like, but they also didn't want to give away that he was a metallic humanoid, right? Right at the beginning when he comes through, so that was the thing, I think. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh... yeah. Um, the other thing I really liked was this happens between, in between. He goes, uh, Robert Patrick goes to the, just really quick. He goes to the the foster parents' home, and um, the parents like he asks parents about John Connor, and like the father's like, there was also a big guy that came in this morning uh, asking about John. Is this about him? And Robert Patrick goes like, oh no, you don't have to worry about him. And he does that like weird, like o- just a little bit of hinting like you don't have to worry about Arnold Schwarzenegger like yeah, yeah, yeah. being the bad See, guy here. It's it's me who's gonna kill John Connor or he's here to kill John Connor. So I thought it was kind of funny but like like that... That's the thing, like, even the T-1000, who's, like, a mean killing machine, is a little bit more human, humanized in, like, not humanized in that way, but, like, is more interactive and, like, more talkative and has expressions on his face and right, stuff. Right, yeah Compared he, to the he, first yeah, movie.
0: Yeah, he doesn't say it, like, super dryly. There's, like, a slight yeah. wry nature to it that yeah. is kind of human yeah, 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 fair point, fair point. Yeah. I mean... Also has...
1: Also does more conversations than T-101 in the first movie, so...
0: Uh Yeah, yeah you are right. Um, all right, let's move on to set piece number two, um, the escape from the psychiatric ward. Um, so I guess for me, I mean, this set piece is kind of cool just from the get-go um, in the sense that it's... Like, the way they set it up is there's three active things going on at once. Like, usually when you have these things, like, you think about in Terminator 1, yeah. it's like Arnold just walking into the police station and making stuff happen. But in Terminator 2... There's like mm-hmm. three things going on at once. Like Sarah Connor is in the midst of like an escape mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Dr. Silverman and, and all those guys, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the T1000 or Robert Patrick is coming for for her, um, mm-hmm. and he's breaking in. Meanwhile, uh, John John Connor and uh, Arnold are also breaking in um, through the front.
1: You, you totally stole what I was gonna say. I, I wanted like. That is exactly like I of that set piece. I think like it is such a great buildup of that sequence, right? Like this is what I had, like three different characters. Well, technically four, but three different starting points, three different characters, and then they meet at one central location. And yeah, it's such such a great sequence. Um, <laughs> it is so good. Like yeah, Robert Patrick is is coming through one direction to to uh, find Sarah Connor. Um, John Connor and T101 are coming from the other side to get her and then Sarah Connor herself has now seen that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or T101 is back again in her time and she she's like trying to escape and they all culminate at this one central point and like the build-up of different things is so great and like the way like John John's there with Arnold, and Sarah still runs away from both uh, from John and Arnold because like she just has this panic attack, and like the way they show it is so fucking great.
0: Right, um, right. I mean, I think one of the other. It also ties into one of the other awesome things that this film does is like for the first like fifty minutes or whatever, like Sarah Connor is in like the 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 psychiatric ward. Um, mm-hmm. People think she's crazy. She's basically like a conspiracy theorist. And yeah. then, but then we get towards the part where she's actually starting to escape, and we realize this is going to be a very different Sarah Connor than, than Terminator One. Um, like yeah. She just is like a really, really powerful uh, physical presence. So yeah. she's like knocking out people, she's escaping mm-hmm. from them. Uh, like even when they're like in the elevator, uh, like finally all together, Arnold, um, Sarah Connor, John Connor, and uh, like the uh, T1000 is above them. Um, Arnold is shooting at them. Sarah Connor just grabs a gun from yeah. Arnold and starts, and shooting, starts shooting too. Up. It's yeah. like she she is not uh, hesitant. She's not a passive observer as she was in the last one where yeah. she needs to be protected. She is like an active part um, of of uh, kind of this one mission. And uh, I mean, like I think it's really. I mean, I think it's one of the great, uh, certainly the great female action performances of this era, and like just a great action performance period.
2: Yeah.
1: Even even before like she takes the gun right like she like we, we we see her and she's just like ripped she's well built and then like they also give you a hint that she's been working out in the in the mental facility when they're not looking and um, obviously she gets hit by the two guards to take her meds but then like she gets to get back at the guard. Uh, and just, like, she rips him to shred. Like, you see the guard's face is, like, bloodied up and, like, probably losing a couple of teeth but tooth or teeth by the time she gets through with him, and he's, like, all knocked out. Um, right, right. So it's really yeah. impressive. Uh, yeah. I think she, she... James Cameron, like, literally just gave her, like, a couple of line synopsis about, like, the second movie, and she was like, I'm in. And apparently this is again, shady internet research, but apparently it was her who told James that, but this time, uh, Sarah Connor has to be crazy. Like she has to be intense. And then oh,
2: really? she went out yeah. and,
1: like she like, I think studio or somebody paid for it. And like, she ended up like working out and like tr- getting trained in a military like uh, setup with a couple of guys and working out for like 16, 12 to 16 weeks. And she was on like strict diet regimen and like hardcore working out throughout the day and stuff.
0: Yeah, which Uh, is incredible because there is very, very little in Terminator 1 that would indicate this sort of transformation into the role. mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that she does it so well. I mean, I I also did a little research, too, because – and, uh, yeah, her workout regime was apparently three hours a day, six days a week for a while. um, Yeah. And she was training with, like, an Israeli commando. Yep. Yep. which I, mean, I don't know why I don't know Israeli if that's like an effective effective thing, but it sounds effective as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Mean, like, I mean it's definitely effective. I
1: don't know why it had to be a Israeli commander or, or person. Commando.
2: <laughs> Commando.
1: Okay. Um to to like train her. But yeah, yeah, they they she got the results. Uh yeah. apparently I guess she, she did just like
0: with Arnold. But
1: yeah, go ahead. Yeah. She also did like um apparently she also did target practice and stuff, so she was able to like Use her machine machine gun super well too. Uh, okay. On the first day that they started shooting, like Arnold called her out and said, "Like, wow, this is amazing. Like, you're in a really great shape and stuff." So that was like a like getting that pat in the back or approval from like this bodybuilder who's been who's been like champion of bodybuilding competitions and stuff. So
0: right, and who's really also good. I mean like Arnold in this film versus Arnold in 1984 is like a very different part of his career. Like he's yep. one of the biggest stars in the world now. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean like like after Terminator One, Terminator One may have immortalized Arnold, but it did not immortalize Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor mm-hmm. in the same way, and so mm-hmm. the fact that she was able to do it in this film uh too i mean like it really uh i mean like it's it's did probably wonders for uh her career um like just being this like super iconic character like you- she would not have been iconic if it was not for this film, <laughs> absolutely, yeah she yeah. was. I think she brought, that's the,
1: that's the thing with casting that we were talking about, right? Like the level of commitment that she, she brought to the film was amazing. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like even like the conspiracy theory stuff, I mean, like she's good. Like she, she's very good at that part. It's like, mm-hmm. like, uh, just like convincing us that she believes this stuff. And you think about like what happened to her in Terminator one and like where she come ends up at Terminator 2. And it makes sense. I mean like it totally about, like, makes sense. It makes a lot more sense than the ending where she's going to to Mexico and saying nice baby rhymes to to John Connor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's it, like, it totally makes sense to me. I mean like yeah, she's she's freaked out and yeah. like she's probably like gone crazy and she's probably like think about like she was attacked and like for for a day like chased and like in a way like mentally tortured the whole time, right? And, like and now you start to believe all this. And then, like, there's no evidence no more of, like, what the hell happened. Nobody believes her. She talks to somebody, like, no, there's this is going to happen in the future, and we got to stop. And, like, nobody gives a shit about any of that. Like, of course you're going to turn crazy.
0: Um, yeah. Because people think you're crazy. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's had an experience that, like, no one can cor- corroborate. Yeah. And then we, we also learned that she's been, like, uh, shacking up with, like, a bunch of, like, uh, Latin American, like, uh, guerrilla experts and stuff like that. So, and trying to just teach John Connor everything. So, basically, she yep. becomes, like, a, a tiger mom for, like, military skills.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> that,
1: that's good. <weird>. Uh, <clears throat> um, so, as else?
0: Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I, you, you just see more of, like, Robert Patrick, too, as they're being chased. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the, the part where he just goes through the the those um kind of um rails of uh protective um wow what's the word that i'm looking for but the way the he bars yeah the prison bars the way he passes through the metal prison bars is just insane and the doctor oh by the way i don't know if you noticed dr silberman also from dr Doct- uh Sil- terminator one uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. M- makes his appearance w- much more of an asshole this time. Uh, also, much more, ac- much more accomplished and much more of an asshole. Kind of goes hand in hand, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just an absolute tool. Um, yeah, kind of following his same tactics. Kind of getting, getting Sarah Connor rattled up the way she. He gets Kyle Reese rattled up when he tries to talk to him. Doesn't respect or trust him. And then, like, yeah, two Terminators are right in front of him. Um, that's, that was good.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um anything else to add on the uh psychiatric ward scene? I think yeah, that was that was all I had. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um yeah. so uh let's move on to the final action scene and then we'll circle back for some more uh, other points. Um where we uh break into Skynet. I mean, I guess you could say this action scene almost starts uh before uh where uh where Sarah Connor is trying to assassinate um the yep joe morton character i think and Mm -hmm. uh eventually uh that gets broken up and and they decide that they're going to go to skynet and destroy it and Mm -hmm. so they go there uh they uh they're destroying stuff um and then they end up detonating it but joe morton uh has to detonate it himself uh, Mm -hmm. and sort of goes to the next step where uh, robert patrick is chasing after them um there's like choppers involved um is robert patrick in a chopper he is in a chopper right (laughs) <laughs> Robert no, no, Patrick is not job, right? yeah no, no, that that, that is job. one of the best yeah, yeah. scenes it
1: is yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. he's just they they explode the entire fucking building of cyber defense and then Robert Patrick is yeah. up there riding around on his motorcycle I'm like I don't know how the fuck he got up there on an exploded building but yeah he's riding around <laughs> seeing everything decimated and then he notices a helicopter pat- going around the building and yeah. guess like, what he decides this. to do yeah let <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to take over that helicopter. It is the start of the best fucking sequence of the movie too. But the way it starts is even more ridiculous. Just like, let's, let's fly out of this motorcycle, this building on the motorcycle, jump onto the helicopter Hold on to the helicopter. The guy's like, whoa, what the fuck? And then he <laughs> headbutts the windshield of the helicopter to get in.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, you talk about how, like, this film is, like, in the Michael Bay action film school. That one is probably – uh, that they probably teach that one in the Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious film school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, like, like, the distances and stuff are, are still – a lot more reasonably believable in this film than they are in the Fast and Furious films. But yeah, what, what, what else can you do? Right? Like if James Cameron has done this, you gotta try to up it, but it just doesn't seem believable in Fast and Furious in my opinion. And I'll probably make a lot of people furious, uh, with that statement, but that's my opinion anyways. Um, but when somebody does that, when you're flying a helicopter and somebody latches onto your helicopter by flying off of a motorcycle, headbutts your windshield and gets into the helicopter, when they tell you to get out, you get the fuck out no matter how high you are in the <laughs> helicopter. <laughs>
0: There you go. Some very practical life advice
1: <laughs> you get from get the, They tell you, get get out, and you go, uh, okay, yeah. and then you just jump the fuck out. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> the, the official the pilot, helicopter like, pilot manual. It's like, it's like this will probably never happen, but just in case.
1: <laughs> it is such a great interaction. It's like, get out, and the guy's like, yeah, I'm, I might break a few bones, but I'm getting the fuck out of this cop <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. It's <laughs> 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 so good. Um, yeah. yeah, one quick thing with the, the before the scene starts, right, like before this whole sequence starts, I also really like the whole, like when they go on to the, the Mexican guerrilla uh, or the, the Latin guerrilla terrorists or armed soldiers or whoever you want to call it. And like the sequence, the, the bonding between the kid and the Arnold is so great. Like, and, is, yeah. and you just see that happen throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, what's also cool is you see once again Arnold shopping for guns, and, and you see him get a mini gun, which is used in this sequence, and it's yeah. so amazing.
0: Like, yeah James Cameron figured out Arnold pairs super well with just like lots of guns. and: Arnold leather did and did guns and, and a chopper. Yeah. There we go.: Maybe a motorcycle too. yeah yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah chopper yeah. <laughs> um, yeah yeah, great, great sequence. I agree. We'll talk more about Arnold and, and John Connor there. Um, so Skynet scene. Uh, what are your um, any? So you pointed out sort of the chopper yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. One thing that I also like is where uh, he just like the scene where he just walks towards all the cops, absorbs their bullets, and then just starts to proceeds to just like shoot them all in the leg.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. He also says that. He also says right bef- right at the start of that scene, he says, "I'll be back. Don't worry, I'll be back," or something along those lines. Wait yeah. here, I'll be back um and they have to off of course use that line and then yeah he definitely absorbs all the bullet bullets like that's when you this is where like it's almost like they try to human like i i'm gonna kind of keep saying this over and over again but like this is where they try to humanize the the t101 more and more because he's a lot more human he's bonding with the kid but then like Every time he's absorbing a bullet, there's just a little bit of twitch on his face where you realize that he's just not, like, it's almost like he's he's feeling the pain. Um, and then they kind of show you, like, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Like, even when he uses the minigun to kill, like, just destroy all the cars. Uh, and then, um, and then like, as he walks away, he gets shot at again from the, the SWAT team from the back and... And, like, you you see him twitch a little bit, so, like... Right, right, right. As though he's feeling yeah. the pain. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah,
1: yeah just, a, just these little things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I like that opening to it, where it's just, like, filled with, like, uh, the smoke and stuff from uh, the stuff the cops have been throwing. Like, really <laughs> atmospheric. I think it's it's really good. It's a good opening. I mean, these action <laughs> sequences, they go on for so long. There's just, like, so many different parts to it. And uh, they all they all really work in this one. Um, I have <laughs> a somewhat of a tangent here, but, like... <laughs> Uh, uh, is is James Cameron and Tifa adjacent? Uh, it's my question. And just like looking and at what? how he he bl- he blows up so many cop cars in this film, like uh-huh. like towards the end, he just like goes to town on the cop cars. It's like we're in Seattle. It's like there there are a few cop cars that got burned down and stuff like that here uh, oh, over man. the course of the summer. And uh, I don't I James don't
1: care. think he saw that coming.
0: I yeah, don't I think mean, like he, back in '91 he was like, "This time. is what I'm instigating." <laughs> I mean, also it's like we think about. Um, I, I, I mean, I have some, like, slightly less serious points and some slightly more serious points. Um, uh, but, like, in the first film, he mows down 17 police officers and maims 13 more uh, mm-hmm. in the police station. Uh, in this film also, it's, like, Robert Patrick is, like, impersonating a cop. And then they show how like everyone sort of like trusts the police officer and tells them information and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think there's actually a, a real point that he's making in in all of this uh, in all mm. of this uh, otherwise popcorn uh, movie sort of stuff. And how like the one person that doesn't trust them is like John Connor and John Connor's friend because they're just sort of like anti-establishment. And how those mm. people end up being like the leader of the resistance in in a way. So oh okay. Uh, so yes or no is is James Cameron antifa adjacent?
1: If if everything Antifa was saying was true in a world, then he's probably <laughs> Antifa adjacent. I, 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 why am I even trying to answer this properly? <laughs>
2: uh,
0: <laughs> you made a good point. I, I James. Sound like I'm like um, Linda Hamilton now. I'm like a conspiracy theorist. Alex Jones might invite me to his website. Yeah,
1: I I also have a interesting just random side side tidbit is. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Dean Norris in this is in this movie uh, as a as a fan of Breaking Bad. Um, Hank Schrader makes a like a super brief appearance here. Um, oh
0: yeah, well, who is he?
1: He was uh, he was the leader of the SWAT team, and then uh, uh, right oh. as as uh, uh, Miles Davis is is or I forget. Oh my god, I forgot the actor's name, uh, character's name. Um, who who's the main guy of the Cyberdyne system? Right, right, right. Um, he uh, um, miles dyson miles dyson sorry miles dyson right as he's like just almost dead and he says i can't i cannot hold this any longer dean norris goes everybody get out and that's like the classic dean norris voice and and yeah, <laughs> leadership saves everybody the whole swat team
0: yeah and yep. then and he went on to play uh to become a dea agent later so there you go yeah, yeah. moves to Props new Mexico. TV, Max
1: yeah. m- you know, Mary's Marie Schrader. Um, <laughs> yeah. Only to be uh, killed by uh his you brother know, in law. Gangsters. Or gangsters. Oh,
0: killed by Nazis, yeah. 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 He he survived the cyborgs, but he did not survive the uh the Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. Um this this chase sequence also does a great job of having just like a lot of different vehicles of different sizes they switch cars mm-hmm. somewhere along the way yeah. uh, to a much slower one and robert patrick ends up in a big truck and it also has one of like i think maybe one of my favorite shots of the film where arnold jumps from their much slower uh, car on top of like the truck with robert patrick with the machine gun and just starts going to town <laughs> it's just a it's just an awesome shot i'm just like whoa <laughs> that's badass <laughs> <laughs> they also
1: destroy the chopper, so like that's also like that happens before, but like yeah, they have to they end up having to switch cars because he they're they're in some kind of a uh, like a minivan or something. not not a minivan but like some kind of a uh, uh, a carrying truck right, and then like the helicopter is just following them. That sequence is so intense too, like the way it just like goes under the bridge and over the bridges and stuff, and like the way they shoot it and like so fast paced. You're you you, you were just totally mesmerized by that action. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Arnold or T-101 decides to hit the brakes and just kill the entire copter. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. intense. Um, and then, yeah, it culminates into uh, them switching cars and then him jumping onto the big liquid nitrogen tr- truck and just shooting at Robert Patrick right in the face. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's the whole sequence is just freaking fantastic.
0: Yeah, I agree. If you had to pick one of those three sequences, which one would you pick?
1: I think... Um, so I remember the first and second... Re- up until now, I remember the first and the second parts of the movie a lot better. Um, I think the third one is much longer if, if we time it, depending on how we, so. s- we yeah. s- consider it, where we consider the start time. Right. But man, like, like it goes into so many different things, right? Like it starts out, like, I think I compared it to like Die Hard a little bit and the way like you, you mentioned how many like cop cars get mowed down and that kind of sequence happens in, in Die Hard and then the building. And then from there, it just goes into chopper mode and then in the steel factory. And so amazing. I think that's, that's definitely my favorite sequence, despite how long it is.
2: Yeah.
0: I got to go with the first one in the mall yeah. uh, that starts in the mall and LA Canal. I mean, honestly, these three are all, like, in just about any other movie, they'd be the best action sequence in the film, like, easily. Yeah. But yeah. all three of these are, like, headliners. Like, truly, yeah. really, really good. Um,
1: yeah. You can also see why the budget is just, like, so massive. But, like, I'm, I'm hope like, this is probably the place where, like, big action budget big budget action movies started i think like this gave paved the way for like yeah let's spend the money we'll make it back and we'll we'll show viewers something just like mind-blowing amazing awesome right right right. it'll be
2: worth it
0: yeah um okay uh so let's circle back uh, now that we've covered the three set pieces just talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff about the film uh round out our discussion uh, one yeah. thing I noted uh, is the soundtrack of this film. Um, the first film is very notable. It has a very mm-hmm. 1980s of the time, sort of synth, uh, mm-hmm. heavy 80s soundtrack. Um, this film actually has a lot less music uh, during it. It actually just goes more quiet during the suspense. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Did you, do you have a preference between those two choices?
1: I think they like the the decisions that are made for each film make sense. I think mm-hmm. for for a more thriller, slasher-type movie, having a techno going... Was just great. Like I really enjoyed that part, but like it, I don't. I don't believe it would fall he- well. Like suit well here, and so did the, the de- decision made here for for it to make an action movie, and like just the the sounds of the action stand out well enough that they don't need it a lot of additional mu- music. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Like, would you have preferred a little bit more music through this, through this movie? I, I think
0: I prefer it this way. I, I'd have mm-hmm. to see how the other movie plays with without. Yeah as heavy of a soundtrack to see Mm -hmm. if i prefer it for that film too but i'm not Mm -hmm. sure which one i'd end up preferring um -hmm. okay uh i think we talked a little bit about the humor and how we uh like that more uh in this Mm -hmm. one um one other thing uh is um the effects of this film um so this film seems to have like a lot of just like analog we're doing it ourselves effects but it also has a lot of like computer graphics and stuff like that how do you Mm -hmm. find i I, how, how do you find that do you think they're well integrated do you think they're dated at all
1: I don't. I don't think, really, any part of this movie feels dated. It is so well done. Like it really stands out. Stands up to to the current um, action sequences and stuff. Uh, even the the little bit of hand to hand combat they do, I think I really prefer it almost to the movies today. Like everything that movies have started doing after like the Bourne movies, like and like cutting up the actual action into like different split scenes, mini scenes or something, just doesn't work like this, this really shows like how like throwing punches, even though if you're superhuman, like getting them to throw back and forth between the two terminators, like really is good action. Like the way they like just, the way Arnold just breaks into the other room and when, when like John Connor goes like, she's stuck, she can't get here. And, like Arnold just like walks through and like, oh, op- like, you know, walks through the wall and like gets her and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It works really well. I think it has a really good impact.
0: Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I agree with you. I think the I am not a huge fan of the way they just like have those super jumpy cuts for like Born and, and those films and they're going mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, we just watched uh, uh, Snake on an Eagle Shadow recently, which is almost the exact opposite where they're not cutting. But the way they do it <laughs> in this film, I think, makes perfect sense for the stuff they're going to try to do. You can't do these shots like long and uninterrupted like you're doing for like a Jackie Chan martial arts film forty years ago. Um, oh, like yeah. you have to chop it up and stuff so I think it, I, I agree with you um, that that stuff holds up really well I mean the computer graphics I think are also uh like a lot of times in these older films mm-hmm. like the computer graphics will age pretty poorly I mean mm-hmm. even stuff that's like 10 years ago or 15 years ago but Cameron I mean it just shows you that Cameron knew what the fuck he was doing the fact that like he's able to put the money on computer graphics some sort of mix of you know, computer graphics and analog stunts and it looks great still to this day yeah absolutely like Yeah, T-1000 is definitely,
1: like, stands up so well as a, like, a liquid metal being that's just up there to kill you. And even the part where they, I love the part where they, like, pour a whole bunch of, like, show that a whole bunch of liquid nitrogen is getting poured over T-1000. And then, like, he just, like, freezes, and then, like, as he tries to walk, it's just, like, he's breaking apart into pieces, and then, bam, like... Arnold shoots at him and just, like, disintegrates into, like, really small pieces. So, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, even that kind of stuff works really well.
0: Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, All right. Well, the last major thing uh, with the film that I wanted to talk about was Arnold and uh, John uh, Furlong, or Edward Furlong, uh, combining Mm -hmm. his name there, John Connor, um, and how you find Edward Furlong in this film and sort of, like, the, uh, how their chemistry between them works because they're really like the two that spend a ton of time together in this film. Um, uh, I mean, along with Linda Hamilton, but those are the two that are sort of form the uh, emotional core to this film to some extent. Um, I think Edward Furlong does
1: an amazing job, like as a 13 year old kid. Like, I definitely don't believe that he's a like in the movie, I don't think he's a he seems like a 10 year old kid riding around on a motors on a like a mini scooter through LA. It definitely doesn't make sense. But I don't know if we have to like hold that, hold that against him or the movie. But like, even as a thirteen year old uh, person, going around doing these action sequences, um, he's amazing. But when it comes to the emotional element, like showing the bond and like really kind of, you know, literally starting from like, um, you know, ordering Arnold to like, like, oh, why don't you put? You have to do everything you I say, huh? Like. Put your right leg up and he just like puts his foot leg up and and stuff like i i love it like i just love that he's funny he's emotional he like carries carries it really well and shows that the him and arnold have a bond arnold is no stranger to working with child actors by this point because he's worked with Alyssa milano and commando i think a, a few years ago and they do really well too like not a whole lot of on-screen time together but there's some um in the beginning and the end of the movie so like not to
0: mention kindergarten
1: cop kg did that come after before this or after
0: (laughs) this this was one year before
1: okay okay (laughs) so it could have like they could have shot kg cop before this kindergarten cop before this fair enough uh we don't know uh but yeah yeah in my opinion like the, the bond between arnold and uh edward is is pretty great i think um Linda Hamilton is has been has commented on it once, saying that like it was a painful moment to hear Arnold giving Edward Forlong advice on uh, like being with women or something like around like dating advice essentially. And then she also says that it they work really well together because they're mentally the same age or some something along <laughs> those lines. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but that's a, a, apparently that's a comment that she made. But. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. Like you really see that like like Edward Furlong like really takes a liking to or John Connor really takes a liking to the Terminator, right? Like and they even show you at one point where like Linda uh Sarah Connor considers T one oh one as more of a father figure for for John Connor than, than like any living human, which is a little bit crazy but maybe makes sense. I don't know, like given the future that they might be going into. Um yeah, and I think Edward Furlong also does a great job of, like, gradually warming up to his mom. Like, he doesn't really, like, show that much bond- bonding with, with his mom so much in the in the beginning because they're sort of estranged, and then, like, he really starts caring for her again as they go through the movie, like, trying to save her and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Yeah. I think he's good, and I mean, like, it's a tough role to carry. Yeah. Like, if you cast the wrong person in that role but there's no chemistry, yeah. it's... This movie is like not, it, it might just have good action scenes and that's it. But the fact that, yeah. like, it's surprisingly emotionally resonant, like when the cyborg, when Arnold is like has yeah. to put himself and burn himself to death, uh, yeah, uh, like it's surprisingly emotional, uh, considering, uh, considering, yeah. uh, like what is actually happening there. And yeah, like, that was just like T101 a on
1: being action. a dick, in my opinion. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I cut you off. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no,
0: I agree. I mean, that, that was all I was going to say about that. Um, yeah. I
1: I was saying that that's just T101 being a dick. He was like, oh, I can't kill myself. You have to kill me. You know, they put that in just to like make it even more emotional. It's like, why don't you just jump off that railing? Okay, it took self-terminate.
0: I know now why you cry.
1: I know now why you cry, but I cannot. Now you must uh, send me into the molten lava. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: Okay, Uh, so uh, just a couple last things. Um, flaws and things we change. Uh, so I'm just going to bring up a couple things here um, uh-huh. to see uh, what your thoughts are. I'm not necessarily saying that these should change or not, um, but uh, the voiceover from Linda Hamilton. Uh, we get, like, three or four. It's used very sparsely in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm usually not a huge fan of voiceover. What did you think of this one?
1: I didn't care about it. I thought, like, I didn't listen to it a whole lot. I didn't pay attention to it that much. It was, like, too done too much. But I think the... The part that made it worse for me was, like, that voiceover or, like, the tape that, that Arnold plays for Miles Dyson to convince him that, oh, this cyber Cyberdyne defense system is, like, gonna cause a nuclear war. And, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I agree. Like, only two minutes ago, you were trying to kill me and my family with a machine gun. But now that you tell tell me this. So, like, that, that whole, like, convincing part and the voiceover didn't work for me as much, in my opinion. Like, obviously, yeah. that's the plot, that's the direction that the plot has to go in. But, yeah. Right, yeah. I, it's I mean, almost like, like I would think that that would almost, they should have used that almost as more of a motivation that Miles Dyson ends up doing what he does. But they yeah. end up making him like an emotional martyr in
0: the whole process, which
1: I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't mm-hmm. agree with so much.
0: Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of the voiceover in this film. I don't know that it really needed it. I think they could have yeah. just cut it out, and it would have been yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. um Other thing, uh the only other thing I really had was um 2029. uh One of my biggest problems that I actually didn't even mention of the first film is I think kind of the futuristic scenes don't look good, uh, and yeah. they don't hold up very well. I'm talking about Terminator 1 here. Yeah. Terminator 2, I think they look a fair bit better, mm-hmm. uh w- but... I don't know. I mean, personally, I, I don't really need that. I don't really need the futuristic mm-hmm. lasers and stuff scenes going on. They don't do mm-hmm. that much for me. W- where do you stand on this?
1: Yeah, I don't care about the characters in the future. The person who they cast it as John Connor is like, who the heck is this guy? We don't know him. We don't care about him. Like, they don't have any plans of using him in the future movies at all. So, none of that, like, was something that I cared for. It didn't even look, like, you don't even think you relate to him as John Connor anyways. Like, um as the young John Connor so so yeah, I, yeah like those could have totally gone from the movie in my opinion as well or I would agree with you that uh, I would agree with your opinion that you could have taken them out and it would have been fine um first movie I think was kind of gritty and stuff so like I don't know weirdly enough like the the environment of the future complemented the environment of the past a little bit and stuff so it it made sense in this movie it doesn't make sense to show you the future at all
0: yeah i mean it looks better in this film but yeah yeah i I agree yeah i think it might have
1: worked better in like t3 where they show like they go back and forth between after the apocalypse and before the apocalypse but i don't think mm -hmm. they do that at all in t3 Uh, they actually do cut it out for the most part if i recall correctly
0: Yeah, yeah yeah uh okay um Let's see. Uh, So, best action movie of the 1990s. Um, Some competition. The Speed uh, and The Matrix. Uh, I'm open to other nominations as well. Um, Matrix almost... A little too
1: early, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Matrix almost like at the end of the decade, right? Like, so significant time difference between these two. Like, Matrix looks... As amazing as this movie is, Matrix looks a lot more modern. Like, computer graphics and stuff probably significantly enhanced by the time we get to Matrix. That said, like action here doesn't seem dated at all. I really like it. Environment, the shots at night and day look amazing. So, like I really like this movie. Yeah, Matrix and and Speed are really good action movies, but feel very different to this. A lot more yeah. explosions in this one, right? If I recall correctly.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. Oh, so which who do you give it to? Do you give it to do you have a preference between any of those? Oh or? yeah,
1: I think T two for sure. Like Okay. Also there's a I guess I saw Speed as a as a kid too, so like but but I still there's a level of nostalgia. And then like you relate to the the kid character so well that it like it's a more fun movie for you if you're if you're watching as a younger kid as I, I did. So
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I am uh Speed I think's good. I think this movie is much better. Matrix, I just resonate with Matrix is a little even further too much into that sci-fi tech. I mean, I like mm-hmm. it, uh but mm-hmm. I definitely would much prefer to watch Terminator 2. Um mm-hmm. again, than The Matrix. So, uh that's kind of where I am on that. Um uh last thing here is wanted to bring up uh Linda Hamilton's speech on technology where she's like talking to um uh, the Dyson Miles Dyson character. Um, it's actually kind of a good speech. It kind of plays pretty differently uh, in uh, 2021 than it does in uh, uh, probably in 1991 where she's just sort of let me see if I can find my notes. Um, where she sort of uh, just talks about like tech and like how it's like created, it's had all these like bad impacts uh, because even though like Joe, uh, what's his face Miles Dyson isn't necessarily a bad guy. Sort of interesting, mm-hmm. probably resonates with, uh, especially like really anti-tech people uh, uh, here in like 2021, maybe that are like uh, against uh, the bigger tech companies. Uh, that's not personally my own view, but uh, um, it, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Wait, was that her giving a speech or I thought it was a recorded message from the, from the future that Arnold played for her? Did I misunderstand it?
0: Let me see if I can pull it up.
1: Uh, I might have misunderstood it, but were she talk, were they at the like the dining table and talking to her after she shot at him?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. Um, huh. Well, I just pulled up an article that says why you should be ethical like Miles Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> so as usual, some people took this very, very seriously. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't totally have it pulled up, but I mean, like I think the idea yeah. was that like, uh, yeah, like she she was gonna kill him, and it was sort of talk discussing sort of the ethics of killing him um, to prevent the future, and how is he a bad person because he was doing this. Uh, right. Anyways, any, right, any right. You, you don't have to have any thoughts. We can just move on.
1: It's fiction. I don't know. Like there are impacts of technology, but I I think I think they're so different than the way they're shown in this movie, right? So I don't know. I, I don't have a good grasp of like comparison. Like I said, we should do this again in twenty twenty nine and see if like we're we're closer to an apocalyptic situation. And, yeah. And then or we're post apocalyptic and we're instead of podcast we're doing something else. I don't know. We're we're back to ground zero. Like you know,
0: yeah. hang out okay. under a
1: tree and give sermons. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm pretty sure if, uh, if, like, we're in a world where there are lasers and stuff being shot at, I'm pretty sure I'm one of the dead people, so. <laughs> uh,
1: come on, James. Um, I think, I think yeah, I'd, I'd be there I, with you as well. I don't think I would survive. <laughs> yeah, we'd be lying <laughs> together
0: in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I can't find yeah. that text speech, but it, it was kind of, I, I had it noted. I, I was supposed to find it and, like, uh, look up the what he actually what she actually said but i'm not okay
2: i think for me
1: like i didn't really listen to a whole lot of like what linda hamilton had to say i kind of just i really enjoyed the parts action parts and the the bonding between arnold and and the kid more so and the humor parts that came out of it like where where john connor calls out for help and then like two minutes later he gets those same guys beat up by arnold in the parking lot or yeah or well, where Arnold is like gets him to make a call back to his foster parents, and then he hangs up after asking that question about like how the dog's doing. Is like your foster parents are dead.
2: And <laughs> yeah, Then yeah, hangs yeah. up the call. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. he'll <live>. um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, The R- random. Go ahead. The 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 use of like different voice, really like where like to imitate somebody. I think in this movie is just more terrifying to me than the first one even though they do it. I think when when Arnold kills people and imitates their voice he doesn't also take up their identity but in this movie like Robert Patrick's T1000 basically takes up like the Foster mom's identity and like kills her kills the Foster Foster dad. So that was like insane. Yeah, thought, yeah, like that, more scary.
0: That, more, that's like, probably this film, compared to Terminator 1, doesn't have quite as mean of a streak, but that's definitely one of the crueler moments that they're able to sneak into here. Otherwise, yeah. this film has a lot of, like, people, like, narrowly escaping death, like a guy jumping out of a helicopter and breaking bones, but, like, not dying, or or yeah. cops just loading up the ER. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much the movie. Uh, winners, losers? Ooh. Um
1: so or, i think I, quick, I looked it like,
0: before we get into that have you seen the movie her
1: her yeah yeah, yeah. I, no i have not seen it i know the premise scarlett johansson oh, okay. is like the voice on the phone but kind of like siri but not quite
0: right okay well if you haven't seen it it's it's all good i was just going to ask it which one was uh, which was a saturn and arnold the robot the cyborg arnold plays dying or, or the end of her I don't know what happens at the end of her. It's, it's an old similar. movie, right?
1: Like, well, it's not a super it's new. It's like movie. seven years old. Seven years okay. old.
0: Okay, sorry, I interrupted you. Winners, losers, go. Um, Arnold for sure. Like I looked up
1: his uh, movies, and like he's done some really awesome movies, but this is his pinnacle, in my opinion. Like he, he. This is his highest grossing movie, and. Of all the movies that he's done, this is like this out outnumbers the next highest-grossing movie by like double the amount. So Terminator 2, with like a adjusted for inflation, is like 1.13 billion worldwide, and then the next highest is 565 million, uh, and that's Total Recall, also coming around the same time. So like two of his biggest action movies, but like this is like huge. Like financially, it's big, and then yeah. the third one is is the the original, the Terminator in eighty four. So, but the numbers are like staggering. Like at each level down, he goes. It's less than half, or it's about half of the original, the the original movie. If that makes yeah. sense, like in terms right. of the box office. So yeah, him, I- um, weirdly enough, I would not put Edward Furlong in the winners pile. I think just. I don't know if this this is necessarily the movie. Like he definitely got the big break, but just seeing where he is today in his career, like I would like to see him more and more successful. And instead, he's kind of broke and like not necessarily at the same level as he was as a kid and stuff. Kind of saddens me. Probably like not necessarily a loser coming out of this movie, but just a little bit of a sad state that yeah, he's it's gone kind through. Of
0: a bummer. Yeah, unfortunately, it yep. happens to a lot of child actors. It seems like, yeah. like not as This early success is like, kind of yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. not worked out um, for him so much.
0: Robert Patrick was really good in this, like, his oh, running. Freaking amazing, yeah. Robert yeah. Patrick's
1: running is a winner. Yeah. Is a, yes. Linda Hamilton, yes. definitely a winner. Yes. Yes, yes. yes to the, the metal humanoid, uh, metal living organism. I'd like to see more of that done really well. I don't know if anybody can beat that in, in, in the Terminator 2, the Judgment Day, the way they do it. So good. Um, yeah. I think they're all winners. I think the loser would be Miles Dyson. Couldn't, couldn't build his evil-killing computer network. But he probably started started where, where it's going to go anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was also the sacrificial lamb of the film have to yeah. uh die in a black pile of huge sweat. Apparently they yeah. almost cast uh they wanted to cast Denzel in that role. But uh, oh, man. uh just because it was like very early Denzel, which would have been very different. But uh I, I think Miles uh the Joe Morton who plays Miles Dyson. I think he does a good job actually in kind of a thankless role. well, it's it's a significant, but like not, not definitely not one of the leads uh, as a role. I'm curious if, if Denzel offered would have done it
1: because he's such a I think he like he's such a even as he is in other movies with other actors he's always been like the movies i've seen him he's so so much of a lead more so than a side right. side actor and this is so much right, right, of right. a side role
0: for miles yeah yeah i agree um i mean i uh, i mean it's certainly a little earlier in his career so m- the idea is that maybe you catch him before he's like super powered denzel washington is more just up and coming actor denzel but yeah, I mean, sure. it, it'd be hard to imagine uh, Denzel in this part. Um, I mean, that'd be a pretty star-loaded Denzel and Arnold together. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the other winner, of course, is uh, James Cameron, who uh, just, uh, this. I mean, I guess it's kind of too bad he never did another Terminator after this, because uh, mm-hmm. just, like, his are by far the best, but uh, maybe yeah. this is kind of, like, all he had to say about this sort of film, and I mean, uh, what a movie. I mean, yeah, incredible.
1: Yeah. The franchise falls apart in my opinion after this. Like mm. they don't really they don't really carry it well. I haven't seen all of them. I've only seen the 3rd and the 4th and I barely remember them. 4th one had um uh Christian Bale as the as John Connor. I could have I felt like that could have gone a lot better, but they just kind of they couldn't like touch back the original series at all. So like they had to abandon that and like kind of just talk about everything in the future. So really yeah. didn't really didn't touch the the world that most of the first and the second Terminators kind of survive, go through.
2: Yeah.
0: It's been a long time since I've seen it. I I've only seen Terminator three, which I enjoyed at the time, but it's definitely pretty far from the caliber of these films. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I heard the latest one is is okay, uh, so I might mm-hmm. check that out at some point. But yeah, also, I
1: mean, sad was like third one doesn't have Edward for long as the actual, um, actual John Connor. I felt like I feel like he would be at the right age to to play a, a young young adult John Connor or an adult John Connor, and.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, they tend to set these films in like the current day, even though it's an alternate universe, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you, Meat, for uh, coming on again. Uh, this was fun. I uh, especially enjoyed watching both of these films. Um, any last words before we sign off? I'll Let's, be back. Asta oh, star baby.
1: Austin, later, Dick Ward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this was we'll great. See I'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time.